Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 265 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Ed here. How are you doing today, Ed? I'm doing uh, pretty great. Uh, Not watching the Pittsburgh Steelers football. Right. Uh, I wonder, how how are they doing, do you think? Well, right, literally right before we started recording, I saw Adam tweet out that he's on the fence about liking football. Okay. Which leads me to believe that they might not be doing well right now. Yeah. But watching watching football on a Thursday night feels like a dead end street, you know? Um, isn't that when they put all the bad games? That's what I feel like. Isn't that what Thursday night football is? It's all the bad games. It's not so much the bad games, but it's the weird bye week games. And I remember, like, early in the season, like, oh, here's the game that's from London or whatever, right? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I Now, are, did you uh, do picks for the ESPN Pigskin Pick'ems thing that we did or no? No. I was wondering because I was looking. I'm like, oh, which one of these names is Ed? None. Tom Brady doesn't play anymore, so my interest in football is literally non-existent. Okay. Yeah. I was I was wondering if I should bury this deeper in the show. <laughs> Because to put something like this up front. So I have a feeling next year, if they do a soon-to-be-named network fantasy football thing, we're mm-hmm. definitely in it. Yeah. And I'm torn between picking my team from highest to lowest of who has the mo- which football player has the most Twitter followers. Yeah. Or the least Twitter followers. And picking my team like that. Well, the least would be the worst people. Right? Would it be? I'd assume so. Or would it be people that just have really bad takes? No, no, no. Because like, there's a lot of people that just follow a person on Twitter because they like them in general. Because especially with the algorithm how it is now, like you're not going to see most of those people's tweets anyway. Yeah, I guess. I there's a lot of weird people I don't see that. Um, that JCP Designs guy. Yeah, I see his tweets except for when he replies to me. What? When he replies to me, they don't come up unless I go to the tweet that he's replying to and then look at all replies. But I don't get a notification when he tweets at me. His app is just dying slowly. It's so fun. Unrelated, uh, just this past week, uh, I watched The Bump. Okay. That's the word. Not not only was... Well, listen. L.A. Knight was on and Lex Luger was on. Um... No, I'm not giving you a pass because Boogeyman was on it, and I right. people told me that, and I was just like, "Thanks for letting me know." But in the back of my head, I'm like, "I'm never fucking watching the bump. I would never." <laughs> I'm very invested in this LA Knight. Uh, uh, I want to see LA Knight finish the story because I think he could actually do it. And how awesome would it be if LA Knight finishes the story, even if it's just for like one week, like he wins the belt in Saudi Arabia and then loses it the next week on SmackDown? Like he could do. He could say he did the thing that Cody can't do. Did I tell on a podcast a story about from Toy Hio? Like the guy across the table across from me, me making him very like actually like real life mad. No. Um, it's the same guy across from where we do barbecue every time, right? Okay. And like me and him are pretty chummy because one time he wore like a vintage dude love shirt. And like I was just like, you're a crazy person for eating barbecue while you wear that. Like that's fucking insane. Like that should be in a glass case. Yeah, why house. would you ever wear it? Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's just wild. So like he's he's been across from us every one, and we have a pretty friendly rapport. And uh, he went to the table next to us and was talking. And they both went to WrestleMania this last year, and they're both going to WrestleMania next year. 
and he's like, yeah, man, I'm going to see Cody finish the story because he's got to finish it this time. And I just said, <laughs> the Rock's finishing the story. And the, he fucking death glared me. And he goes, no, he isn't, man. And like went back behind his table. <laughs> like he was just so fucking mad that I would make that joke that like he, you can tell he's something he's very concerned about in real life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of investment in that. But where I was going with this, so I watched the bump because it was the L.A. Knight thing and the Lex Luger thing. And then John Gargano came on. <laughs> and, and it was like, they're like, oh, well, we got this wrestler on the roster. He's a super fan of you, Lex, you know. So Lex it comes out and like Johnny Gargano is excited to be there against the Lex Luger. Um, and then um, I'm like, let's see how long I can last on this. And Johnny Gargano called Twitter X. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. Fuck. He sucks so fucking bad. Dude. Vanity like, searching. People making fun of his kid's name like two hours after it's born. I, I'll fucking never, weirdo. I lament not going to that signing that he did to advertise. It was last year it would have been. Yeah. To, uh, it was. It, it's literally a mile from my house. I could hop in my car and be there in like five minutes. And he was doing, like, an on-sale signing for, like, the ticket release date and go there and make him unblock me on Twitter. Yes. You're so much bigger than him. You can make him Oh, my God. Sure. But I'm an adult, and I'm, an, I'm a parent, and I really shouldn't be doing that to people, even though it would be very funny. But sometimes I think about it, you know? Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, that's a good that that's a power move if there ever was a power move. I like doing stuff like that though. Like I wish I could get into like an AEW press conference and just oh. be petty. Just my one petty question. Dude, if I ever got into an AEW press conference, I would say, Tony Khan, can you make the young bucks unblock me on Twitter? Uh I I don't I don't care who would be up there. <laughs> Do you know what question I would ask them? Why did you chase Phil away? No, no, no. Very oh. simple. Uh, what'd you do with the money? Uh, what money? The money your mom gave you for wrestling school. God damn it, you got me! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, how would you shit your pants if they said they spent it on fish and chips because they got the reference? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'd have to leave. I'd just walk out. I'd be like, you know what? Yep, you got it. I think the only person that would get it is Orange Cassidy. <laughs> he's a con- he's a confirmed uh, Stern fan. And get the poison out of your system. Yes. So that this actually is a perfect segue. So um, sometime this week, I don't know, in the next couple days, um, my interview that I did with the former Max Smashmaster, aka Scott. Um, and I, I'm not going to try to try to pronounce his last name. Um, but we did an interview, you know, obviously starting with like, it's around ashes and the Chikar shutdown stuff. Uh, but Scott's got like a really interesting career story and that actually comes up, um, me saying like stern things on commentary during fire ant and delirious (laughs) matches because we would be there earlier in the day and we'd be talking shit about like whatever happened on Stern that week, right? Yeah. And I'd throw something in on commentary and invariably I'd get a message from one of them, if not both of them, they're like, God damn it, you gotta stop doing that on commentary. But like <laughs> nobody gets it, right? Like unless you're a Stern person. It'd yeah. be like them and Dr. Keith would be the only ones that would get it, right? <laughs> but 
the originator of that is early in 2005 when Shakar first started doing commentary um, on their shows. Before Shakar did commentary on their shows, they did a pop-up videos style thing. And do you remember pop-up videos? Yes. Uh, that like, There's certain ones that are like deeply embedded in my brain. Okay. That will never leave. <laughs> like which ones? Give me one for an example. Uh, say, 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 the Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson song. Okay. That was, I can't tell you any of the facts on it, but like, I feel like these episodes were on all the time. Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Okay. Um, those two specifically. But, so Chikara would do that for like the first two years. They would do pop-up video style, like factoids during mm. a match, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so 2005 was the first year they start doing commentary. And for the first half of the year, like February to June, Eddie Kingston like wrestled like one match in Chikara and was mostly on commentary. And at the end of the show, he'd plug, like, oh, here's all the people that were on commentary with me. Uh, his closing line was, I'm like a fat girl in dodgeball. I'm out. But he would also plug a website that was called bethemask.com, which was a porno website <laughs> where they would have regular people wear, like, lucha masks. Yeah. And have sex with porno ladies. That's a work, right? Yeah, of course. But the (laughs) fact that there was like a three-month stretch where Eddie Kingston was plugging this website on Chikara commentary (laughs) before anyone caught on to it. (laughs) Did he get in trouble? I think he was just, I think he was, it was one of those things like, okay, you're not allowed to do commentary anymore for a while, or you're going to be like supervised on commentary. Cause there'd be shows where it'd just be like, Eddie would be the only person doing, he would, he would just be the sole commentator for like several matches. Like no Bryce, no quack, no me, whatever, no Sweeney, whatever it was just like to keep kayfabe or whatever. But I think Eddie was taken off commentary for a couple months because of that and chastised and everything else like that. This is really random. But do you remember Gabe's fake commentary name? Yeah, Chris Lovey. Chris Lovey, okay. I couldn't think so of it. He had a different fake one before that. Yeah. And they they started off a Ring of Honor show where he had started off by saying, Oh, I just you know, I, I, I want to just let everyone know that I'd been using a fake name on commentary. Um I'm no longer going to use the name of this, whatever the fake name was. I'm now going to use my real name, Chris Lovey. And he's like, oh, that's a real weight off my shoulders, being able to, (laughs) like, Gabe was doing a fun bit, you know? Yeah. But I can't remember what his pre-Chris Lovey name was right now. God, I love Gabe. He's something else. Yeah, he is. I hope he's doing well. I hope he's listening. He's not listening to this, no. (laughs) No. So we're going to get into the actual real show, but. Um, I tried to do something for the show, and um, so Pat was listening to the show while, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and sometimes, like, people listen to the show, and I'll get, like, as they're listening updates, and I'm like, oh, I know exactly where you are on the show by what you just texted me, Yeah. and when I said that, or when Adam said he wasn't going to be here, he texts me and says, oh, maybe I could be your co-host next week, and then, like, literally, like, ten seconds later, he's like, oh, you already picked Ed. So I go, wait a minute, what if I get Ed, Pat, and Jonah to be on the show next week? Yeah. 
so I reach out to Pat. I go, do you think if I can get Jonah to do it, would you do it? Now, obviously, I think Pat's at the Gathering of the Juggalos thing or whatever's yeah. going on for the, the, the Wicked Clowns tonight. So he wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. But I reached out to Jonah and the Jonah gave me the blow off, essentially saying that if they were if you guys were going to do a reunion show, it was going to be on your Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't want to take that away. Yeah, he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it either. Because he doesn't want to do that either. <laughs> right. He he did tell me that he had to ask his wife. Yeah. Be okay. And I said, even if like you, I'm like, oh, like, you know, even if you just came in for like a second, like just so that they hear your voice or you send me a clip and like we could pretend that you're here or something. And I guess he never asked his wife because he never got back and talked <laughs> to him about it. I don't think he'll, I don't think he's ever podcasting again. No. Nah. He had a good run, though. He did. He had a real good run. Yeah. He he. His legend lives on in DMs and group chats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that's all you need, right? That's all I need. I don't need him to be around. Like, uh, I got... Somebody said something about Bring Pod... I've, like, last week, it was like, Bring Pod Van Dam back. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. No, just let it be dead, everybody. It's like, yeah. I will say I when I didn't know you were going to be on Final Wrestling Place this past week. Yeah. And when I downloaded like I don't read the descriptions of stuff like, you know, the you know, people in the network, I just download the episode and I listen to it. I don't need to read what it's about. I'm going to li- it's like a, a trailer for a movie I'm going to see, right? Yeah. I'm going to read something that's going to give something away and then like a minute in I hear your voice on Final Wrestling Place and I gasped and it was like <laughs> it was like oh I get Ed this morning you know like my Monday started off with you they uh they thanked me a lot for doing it and I was just yeah. like guys I like your show like I listen to it every Monday it's pleasant yeah. it's a pleasant listen it's it's a nice quick fun listen that I could get like once I get my kid off to school and my wife goes off to work and I have that time before my day begins for work. I, it's just like a nice walking around the house, cleaning up, doing dishes, drinking my coffee. You know, sadly, between the sheets gets moved to like much, much later in the day because it's a uh, it's a big listen between the sheets. Yeah, it is. I uh, haven't in a minute. Um, uh, what they, uh, Robert so O'Connor like, was on this week. What What was the year, though? 1984. See, this is the problem. I don't yeah. know any of that shit. <laughs> I know. But I, I know. do like him. He's great. He's yeah. my, yeah, he's the best. So maybe, I don't know, I'll get to it. Like, between the sheets are what I get to, like, when I've gone through everything, because it's like, like, yeah, it's like a six-hour podcast. Yeah. I've been, you know what, nobody listens to this, and it's no, well, okay. <laughs> so, it's not Final Wrestling Place. Yeah. And it might be Between the Sheets. And maybe a lot of other podcasts that I listen to that um, because with this show, there was a period of time where like the the mix was off for whatever reason. I don't know what the fuck happened. So I reached out to Joe Murata, who does our Vantage Point podcast. And he was very nice enough to walk me through how to like work like a compressor to like fix the quality of the audio. And between the sheets is one of those shows where you download it and the file is so low. Yeah. The audio quality is piss. So I have to run it through audacity a second time, run it through the compressor to fix the levels on the show (laughs) so that I could listen to it at a, at a reasonable quality. Right. (laughs) But what I, what then I do is I break it up into like hour chunks 
Okay. I caught out like international because I don't care about international. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, oh, you know what? Ed, I'm going to tell you to go back, not this past week, but the week before. It yeah. was a requested show, 2001. It, the, the first like hour and a half of the show, you could skip because they get into like um, like what the WWE business needs to do because it's like right in the peak of the um, invasion angle. Yeah. But international is the first actual thing that they discuss, and it's about um, Hayabusa's passing. Oh, man. Yeah. Or the, his injury. His injury. His injury. Yeah. Yeah. Hayabusa so, uh, gets talk, was talked about a lot this week, and I guess it's because Observer Awards voting are happening? Yeah, they did a Between the Sheets special on that, and I guess they make their case of whether or not Hayabusa should or shouldn't be in. Yeah, he should. It's fucking, this isn't hard to think about. Like, I don't know. I, like, just, like... Even if you've never seen him wrestle, I think if you look at someone like a Hayabusa or a Jushin Liger, you're like, just the look of that character, the fact that that's a character from the late 90s, early 2000s, that people still try to look like that today. Yeah. Like, whether or not they try to emulate what he does in the ring, but the fact that they, people just try to look like that. Which they do. Which they do that, too. Yeah, but they He's do that, the too. most influential professional wrestler since, like... The fucking mid eighties, like since Hogan, you know what I mean? Like he Again, changed everything. Like it's he did fucking insane that people yeah. are like, well, I don't know because FMW he didn't get the big houses like Onita. It's like are you fucking kidding? It's Hayabusa, right? I wish I was an observer voter, but I'm glad that I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even a uh, voices of wrestling match of the year mm. uh, person anymore because like. They sent me a ballot last year, and I had to be like, guys, I, I didn't watch anything. <laughs> I don't feel that I'm qualified to do this anymore. That was nice of them to send that to you, Ed. That's what <laughs> it was. I enjoy it. Uh, all I watch is, like, Thursday Night Wrestling. Yeah, so the 88, it, it's, you know, it's 880, but, like, what's the way that they say it? 880. 880, right? Yeah. Um. And uh, Ryan is there. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan's comment- well, Odie Bowser, the private browser Odie Bowser was on commentary. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I know because I see you interacting with him and I don't know what his wrestling name there is. I just know him as Ryan. And Ryan's a great dude. He's one of my favorite guys. Ryan rules. <laughs> yeah. That is that is my guy when I go to 880 shows. Yeah. And where do they, the, they're like Pittsburgh area, I guess? Yeah, New Kensington. It's like, I think it's like 20 minutes away from Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think the only reason they don't say it's Pittsburgh is there's also an 880 uh, Avenue in Pittsburgh. Mm. Or 885th Ave, I think, in Pittsburgh. So they don't want you to go to the wrong one. Because I know that, that was a DM I got from MV while I was driving. Was you put in New Kensington and not Pittsburgh, right? Like in your GPS. And I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't. He's like, we do that because you're you're going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Look at you getting DMs from MV Young. Ooh, la, yeah, la, I'm big and important. Yeah. <laughs> they want that high bussy bump. That's right. <laughs> and what do they know, do? Nobody <laughs> listens. They uh, stop it. Everyone, listen. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're in a rough spot because um, you're not monetizing your show yet. Yeah, or ever. <laughs> or ever. <laughs> And you're just doing it as a labor of love. So if you're just doing it as a labor of love, and I know that it's a labor because it comes out when it comes out, and I know there's a lot of production stuff with it, right? Yeah. But, like, I don't care if anyone listens to this podcast. 
Yeah, same. I, I don't care at all. Yeah, as long as they as long as they subscribe to the Patreon, as long as they make <laughs> their eBay per, their eBay purchases through our affiliate links, as long as they buy shirts when they go on sale through T Public, and as long as they sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium and use our code and stick with them, I don't care if you never listen to the show. I, I know. Like, um, I just like talking about wrestling. I know some people don't actually actively don't like my show and i know that. oh really yeah 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 because when i tweeted uh, i was in a little mood and i tweeted that i don't want a fucking podcast ever again oh, that was yeah, a couple yeah. people were very genuinely happy about it and i yeah like one i was just like oh yeah i always forget that you don't like me mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine i get it <laughs> i understand why there's but i just forget it sometimes i'm like oh yeah yeah i forgot you don't you don't like me. You didn't listen to Podman Dan because of me. You just uh-huh. you didn't like me. Got it. And there's people that probably listen to this and that don't it, like, or that yeah, don't listen to this because they don't Van like me. Fans. What was that? There's probably big Adam Van fans. Well, listen, they, they probably have cultivated a different relationship with Adam because they have more in common with Adam than they do with me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I might have said something wrong about or that they didn't like about a friend of theirs or a a wrestler that they like or whatever it is. And I don't know what to do about that. And I don't, you know what I mean? I don't care. If you don't like me, that's fine. Yeah, John Gargano. Yeah, John Gargano, the Young Bucks. Maybe somebody's name might come up a little bit later, but we're cool now. Um, I have a question about John Gargano and Eric Stevens both. And I guess I could just ask Eric. Yes, because I know that he would understand that I'm not being mean about it. I'm genuinely curious when they do family costumes. You have kids that little. Do you talk the kid into it or you just tell them this is what you're being for Halloween? Because they both did it this year. So I was just curious how that works when they do whole family costumes. We did whole family costumes once and we were my kid was Mario. I was Luigi and my wife was Peach. And that was, what do you, like, I'm different than everybody else. What do you want to be? Yeah. And when he decided that he wanted to be Mario, we're like, well, we'll get the accompanying costumes. Okay. But that was the only one time that we ever did, like, matching, like, a, a family costume. And it was leading him that way. Oh, you know what? There was one other time where he was, like, a baby. And when I say a baby, he was, like, one years old. Yeah. And he would just, I mean, he might have been, no, he was two. He was two. And he had, like, a bunch of, like, costumes that my mother had picked up for him at, like, Goodwill stuff. It's like, oh, like, he had, like, Hulk costumes, Captain America costumes, like, everything that would just be, like, junked out from Goodwill stuff. And he had a Batman costume that he would wear all the time. So we're like, okay. He, like, he literally wears this bat- Batman costume as clothes. We're <laughs> gonna, we're going to go and dress. That's what his Halloween costume is. We're going to get a Robin shirt with a cape for me. We're going to get Batgirl cape for my wife with the, like, it looks like their, their outfit, you know? Yeah. But it has like a Velcro cape on the back of the shirt. I got Robin. She got Batgirl and he was Batman. But that was the thing. It's like, he already wears this goddamn thing all the time anyway. And he has seven other costumes to pick from. And we're just going to, he's two. We're just going to push him to make sure he has this because we're getting the accompanying things to go with the thing that he already has. Yeah. But we never plan like, the three of us are going to be this, and son, you have to be this thing so that mom and dad are super into Halloween, and you have to be part of our thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I just no. wondered how that worked. Hey, speaking of the Joker, did you know that uh, 
Booger from Revenge of the Nerds played the Joker in the OnStar commercials that were like Batman and Joker? No, I don't. So I, I don't have regular TV, and well, this I is from the nineties. There was a Batman. Because nobody has OnStar anymore. You know what I mean? They do. So do okay, um, let's just say I have intimate knowledge of that sort of thing. Okay, OnStar is the company, but every car, like every car manufacturer, has their branded version of OnStar. Okay, like. Toyota's is called Starlink, but it's OnStar. Um, Ford's is called X, but it's OnStar. Like, OnStar is, like, the generic company that all the other car companies use for what they want to brand their thing as. Maybe that X is what John Gargano was talking about. Okay. Maybe. No. But I don't remember Booger being in a... as the Joker. That's Yeah, they do an OnStar commercial. It's Joker and Batman, and Booger plays... Uh, the Joker in it. Unless this YouTube video just fucking lied to me. <laughs> Batman, Joker, on Star. See, look, that's the that's him right there. That's Booger. Are, are you sure that's him? I'm pos- this video and and it sounded like Booger when the Joker talked. It sounded this like Booger, one? Yeah, it sounded like Booger doing a Joker impression. I'm going to play it. <laughs> this is how you exterminate a bat! <laughs> Batman, this is Karen Boyd from OnStar. I got a signal your airbag went off. Should I send for an ambulance? Everything's fine. Send the police to Fourth and Main. I'll contact them right away. <laughs> I like that the Joker's like, I will murder uh, Robin, but what I will not do is drive into another car because that would, (laughs) I'll just stop right in front of it. Don't pay the traffic laws. It would, yeah. Well, Star Commercial has its own Wikipedia. Of course. Can you imagine what goes yeah, on in says, your life says, to uh, make you? <laughs> what was that? Can you imagine what goes wrong in your life to make you make a Wikipedia page for the Batman on Star commercials? Listen, I've been working on this. It's got references. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty uh, in depth, I'd say. Oh boy! But yeah, listen. Wikipedia, the most trusted uh, source in news, says that it's him. You know, yeah. and booger information. Yeah. The only one they got from the movies was the guy who played Alfred. Well, he wasn't too busy. No. All right. So let's. Hey, let's. Uh, we have like a real show to do. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about pro wrestling. Yeah. Let's get into it. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Alright, we might cut down on some of the clips that I have. Okay. Um, maybe. I don't know. So, uh, This Day in Wrestling History, 25 years ago, we got our Monday Night Raw versus uh, Monday Nitro head-to-head, right? Mm-hmm. I feel WCW's on their way down. This is an episode of Nitro where Hulk Hogan's not on. 
But this but is like this so is one of, it's this October, one of those right? Where like Hogan no, wouldn't be on when because of basketball, because of basketball yeah. or whatever it was, and then he'd come back and he'd be like, "Oh, look at me, brother! I'm a ratings draw," you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is still always this one bright spot on all these episodes of Monday Nitro. I mean, what an incredible Nitro it has been here from Fort Lauderdale. Ladies and gentlemen, world television champion, Chris Jericho. Oh, that's all we need. I hate that they went and edited this song in on WCW Clips. It's awful. It prevents me from watching old WCW stuff. If I'm being honest. Look at the t-shirt, would you? Goldberg, the man. No, Jericho, the schmo. Chris Jericho, obviously you've got a lot of fans here in Fort Lauderdale and all of South Florida as you do around the country. However, you're making an enemy or two as you travel. Gene Mean, now that everybody knows the deepest, darkest secrets of professional wrestling, I'm going to let everyone <laughs> in on a little other secret. I have nothing but the highest respect for Bill Goldberg. I have nothing but the highest regard for Bill Goldberg, one of the greatest champions of all time, almost as great as myself, Gene Mean. And as far as all the controversy from the last couple weeks, all the matters that, I mean, it does, it's water under the bridge, whether you lost the matches, whether you didn't lose the matches. No, no, no it's not water I mean, under the bridge. The people know what they saw. The Jericho-holics know what they saw. And one thing that I remember... From my illustrious professional football playing career. What? Oh, wait, wait a minute. What, what football career? Well, you know, I'm not here to brag about my football career, Jim. Where did you play football? Tell the truth. That's for another time, another place. But the game films, Goldberg, do not lie. You remember the game films when you used to watch them after you messed up a tackle, which I'm sure you did quite often. The game films always tell the truth, but that's beating a dead horse. What I want to say the most, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, from one true champion... To another true champion, Mr. Goldberg, I respect you, and I wish you nothing but the best in all your future endeavors. You Thank re- you very much. You really mean that? I mean it, Gene. Mean from the bottom of my heart. Goldberg! 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 Playing football. Obviously has uh, flipped his gourd here. I don't know if there's a lot of sincerity in that. Chris Jericho, you heard what he said about Goldberg. It's Nitro. We're on TNT, and we're going to be right back. Remember when Jericho was awesome? Yeah, man. Jericho was really, really dope at this time. Uh, but so was uh, WCW in general. I think you guys undersell this every week, by the way. I think you guys don't sell how good WCW was in the fall of 98. Okay. Ed, <laughs> on this episode of Nitro, yeah. S- Scott Norton defended the IWGP wor- title. I know against two without you even telling me. All right. Because... It was Van Hammer, wasn't it? Against Van Hammer! It's the one I... (laughs) Rules! That rules! Oh my god. Sting had red face paint and a goatee at this time. But then there was that one week a month ago where he didn't. All of a sudden he came out as like regular Sting? I think we've talked about this because I wanted to know whether you thought that they did that for storyline reasons or if they just forgot red paint. I think it was supposed to mean something. I think, uh, and even at the time when I was 10, I thought, well, they just forgot red paint. Because it's never talked about again. Like, he doesn't go back to it. Right. 
Right. Uh, over on WWF, though, right, yeah. we get, I would say, an iconic moment. I know last week when we talked about it, we saw Edge turn heel, uh, very clearly positioned as the leader of the brood. Uh, but this episode of Monday Night Raw is the first time that they do the full brood entrance. Momentarily, I don't care if I get a copyright strike for the song. Be decided when the Rock challenges Ken Shamrock. We'll have more. As a matter of fact, the brackets for the Deadly Game Tournament at the Survivor Series, which is sold out in St. Louis. More on that later. 13 days from now on pay-per-view. Just gang girl? Right, so this is the first time. See, there's Edge and Christian waiting there. In the first round of the game tournament at the Survivor Series. I don't remember it that way. Right. Yeah, I can believe it. So if I was a complete moron, I would say this is a Mandela effect. But again, this is one of those things where we're literally seeing on TV them playing with the brood entrance. Yeah. Like the brood thing, because last week it was very clear. Jerry even says, like, oh, Edge is the leader, right? This is very clear that Gangrel is the leader because Edge and Christian are like subservient and behind him and Gangrel's the one that comes up through the fire and then eventually it's going to get to the point where they all come up through the fire. But like it's so interesting to see like these bits that we just assume is like, no, it was always, they always were together. Gangrel was always the leader and they always all came up through the fire and it never was. It was something that it worked on, you know? Did they not think they could get them all there? I, I I think if you saw the little platform that came up, I definitely think it was, you know, they had the platform set up for Gangrel initially. And then yeah. somebody's like, we need to just make a bigger thing in the stage so all three of them can come up together. Because it makes it look stupid that the two of them just have to come out and stand in the entranceway for like, <laughs> you know, like literally like 45 seconds before like Gangrel like, comes up and savors the crowd reaction, walks over, and then they can, you know, but, you know, we're, we're seeing it workshopped live on TV, you know? Yeah. He looks so cool. Yeah. Into that gothic, that gothic lifestyle. That's right. That Paul Heyman would revisit in, like, what, 2006? Uh-huh. Yeah. If they just had Kevin Thorne, and who was the lady with him? Um, it was Shelly Martinez, but right. what was her? I don't remember. I her. think it was Ariel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so if they just had them just redo the brood entrance, they would have been like immediate megastars. For sure. They would have gotten over huge. Right. Because again, if you just do. Because the... do, exactly. Just do things that you did before. That's all you need to do. Right. Just have a new person do it. Like. Quit you have a guy, if you had a guy who just turned 40 this past Tuesday, mm-hmm. and he kind of sort of does The Rock and kind of sort of does Stone Cold, yeah, you know, and just you tell us that he's a megastar and he's doing the stuff of the guys that we like did. Yeah. Hey, we like this guy too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, Listen. hang on. Hang on, you said it. I'm not very quick on these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing about me, Joe, that I like. It's like I like when they do old stuff again. 
Right. Oh, Ed is <laughs> Mr. So Nostalgia. Great. Yeah. Yes. I like things from when I was a kid, and I like them to be doing it again when I'm a grown up. So, My favorite thing. I like the things that I did, like, that I liked when I was a kid. Yeah. But I like them for me. Like, yeah. I'll go and I'll seek that thing out. Yeah. But, like, when it's a new thing, and again, listen, uh, there's a Transformers comic book that just came out. And it's really good, and it feels like the old car. It feels like the old comics, but looks like the old cartoon. And it's done by uh, the guy Daniel Warren Johnson, who's a big wrestling fan. And he did that comic book series last year called "Do a Powerbomb," which is yeah, a wrestling. That okay, ruled. huh? That ruled. Right. So he's doing the Transformer book, and in the first issue. When Optimus Prime is, like, revitalized or whatever, and he's fighting the Decepticons, he, like, gives one a lariat, and he gives the other one a German suplex. (laughs) And I'm like, that's cool! That's for me! That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But not every, like, throwback thing, you know, is for me. But I get it. I Listen, I get why you don't like it. There's certain ones I like, but there's a lot of them that I don't like. I don't care about TNA, to be honest with you. I um, I do. <laughs> I do. I know you want it to still be Impact. I'm glad yeah. You impact time. I just want it to be Impact forever. Well, so you could be that guy that calls TNA Impact. I'm gonna be that guy. Don't worry. Instead of the people that call Impact TNA. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you heard Jr. mention the Deadly Game Tournament that's coming up, and we got all of our players involved in this, right? And uh, Stone Cold was fired back in July, and then he was rehired, and it was revealed that Shane McMahon was the one that rehired Stone Cold back to the WWF. Vince doesn't know what he's going to do about it, but here's what he's going to tell us he's going to do about it. And Austin, I can't do a damn thing about your new contract. I wish I could. But I can tell you this, it won't be the day after Survivor Series that you get your title shot. No, no, no. It'll be at the Survivor Series. What? Which simply means, if my math is correct, that should you make it all the way to the final championship match, you would have wrestled some four times on that given occasion. Good luck, Mr. Austin, in the Survivor Series. You're going to need it. And by the way, may I tell you whom you will be facing in the opening round of the Survivor Series? The Big Boss Man. Wow. In the sold-out Keel Center in 13 days, Austin the Boss Man... What a deadly game that's going to be. I have only got one other thing to say. All right. Okay. So Big Bossman was one of the first. Well, Double J was the first. But Big Bossman was another big defector from WCW back to WWF during the Monday Night Wars here. Yeah. Now, I, I, uh, you know, obviously, um, WCW did a lot to damage the reputation of the Big Boss Man. Yeah. Uh, he had, like, a very shabby haircut. His, he just wrestled as his name, Ray Trailer. Um, he looked like shabby. 
You he know, looked like shit. <laughs> he looked like shit. So when he comes back to WWF, I'm like, really? This is who, this is gonna be the guy that turns the tide for World Wrestling Entertainment, right? But uh, little did we know, uh, like within a year's time from this moment, like Big Boss Man would be like the only heel in WWF with his feuds with Al Snow and the Big Show. He fucking rules. I, but so like around this time, I was I was ten, right? So I was dumb, and it didn't click with me for a good month that that was Ray Trailer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like, I didn't have an, an extensive knowledge of like WWF before. Right. That's seven. Yeah. So like I was like, oh, it's the big boss, but I just I was like, oh, this is Vince's security guard, and then like it, yeah, it just clicked me when it was like, oh, that's the guy that looks like my uncle Rick from the NWO. <laughs> Like just cut off shirt and his gut and his jeans. It's just it's just so simple. Like what like a haircut and a pair of sunglasses yeah. would do for a guy, you know. The boss man ruled. Boss man did rule. But Stone Cold's not the only person that Vince has problems with. He also has problems with the newly face turned rock. Hit that line again. It was real good the first time. Yeah. Here, the actor, you gotta hit those jokes a couple times. Oh, Vince, another one with those good lines. So it's very clear of who Vince does not want to win the title at the Deadly Game Tournament. But I think there's someone that Vince maybe has the hand-picked person that he wants to win that tournament. You got it. Well, you don't even know what I'm going to give you, because much less what I'm asking you. Matter. You've got it. <laughs> All right. But I'm asking you not to interfere in this next matchup with Ken Shamrock and The Rock. You I, promise. I will not be a thorn in your side. You give me the present and I'll do anything. You don't even know what this is. You trust me. Matter. I trust you. I have it for you. This is the WWF Hardcore Championship belt. And Mick, you've earned it. <laughs> I love it. You've earned it. I gotta be honest with you, I love it. Just one thing. In some respects, I think I lost a son tonight, but maybe, <laughs> maybe I gained another one. Really? Gee, thanks, Dad. Oh. <laughs> hey, maybe the attitude error wasn't so bad. Man, so I got a question. All right. <laughs> when they did that angle, yeah. there, did you think that belt was going to stick around? Because um, no. I remember specifically being like shocked once it started getting defended. I was like, wait, I, what the, like when Bossman won it, I was like, wait, you can like win that from Mankind? It's just a fake belt. Right. I thought it was going to be like a gimmick where, you know, because like no different than like head. Yeah. 
you know, and then it became like a real title. It became one of my favorite titles ever. Yeah. Then it became like, I guess the legacy of it is the 24 seven title. I, I guess. Sure. I mean, yeah. Bad Bunny won that belt and he's my favorite uh, WWE superstar. I was at the Raw when uh, Nikki Cross tried to throw it into the garbage can and missed, and they didn't do a second take on it. That's awesome. Yeah, they just left it in. Um, but we're leading up to the Deadly Game Tournament. I don't know. I like It's one of those things where it's a great build, but I don't know if that show top to bottom, if you were to watch it, like knowing how the show ends, that it still holds up 25 years later. Uh, it does, because then you start picking out little things that are going on in the tournament mm-hmm. that that you that were telegraphed that you didn't know were telegraphed till you watch it a second time and it's mm-hmm. my main go-to reason that i i'm 100 sure that vince russo is a better wrestling television writer than eric bischoff because that is vince russo's greatest thing he's ever written and it is so much better than anything eric bischoff ever did ever there are several episodes of raw from this era and obviously the pay-per-view like the whole story that goes through that like i I would put Russo at least like in double digits of like great wrestling storylines, like coming up with like a Val Venus character, like, you know, like whatever, like that, who gives a shit about that? Like, that's all about the person. You could give any person a character, but for them to like do it, you know, I I always say if Terry Taylor was Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfect would have been a six month gimmick that nobody remembers and they make fun of today. Yeah. And like, if anybody else was the red rooster, and not Terry Taylor, they could have made the Red Rooster work. But Terry Taylor was just a prick, and <laughs> it didn't work, because it, it, it was like a boo, he boo-boo faced it the whole time, right? But, like, to do the TV stuff that Russo did, whether it be, like, one episode of Raw, like the Feb- or the April Raw, where they set up that it was going to be Vince and Stone Cold in the main event, and Dude Love makes the return, mm-hmm. like, that episode of TV is fantastic. Uh, I put that up against any episode of Nitro from the era as like a cohesive storyline that would that one is compelling throughout and two makes you want to tune in next week to see what happens next, which is technically what wrestling should do. And like then it makes you want to tune in next week and then pay the money to watch it, like watch the two guys finally go at it on a pay-per-view. And like the build for warrior and Hogan on nitro at this time did not want to make me spend money on that. I didn't (laughs) care. And I think that was a lot of WCB's biggest failing was like, did I have a black box and it didn't matter if I paid for the pay-per-views, but like they didn't even announce the best match on the show for this, uh, Halloween havoc, which was Raven versus Jericho. And you got to think that that, that must have, like, building towards the pay-per-views must have been, like, a Vince and Bruce and Pat thing, right? Because it's not like yeah. Russo did that once he went to WCW. He was still, like, TV ratings-driven like Eric was. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it wasn't like in WCW once he got there. He's starting, like, we got to blow these all off of the pay-per-view. He's, no, everything big was on Nitro, and nobody gave a shit about the pay-per-views, and nobody bought him. He did yeah. it in TNA, too. Well, t- so TNA, I think, was different, but definitely you're right about WCW in that, like, his contract was with Warner, which was less the pay-per-views. So he didn't care if nobody bought the pay-per-views because, again, he was getting paid by the TV people, not the pay-per-view people. Like, not realizing that, like, it's everything. 
Yeah. But he was just so focused on getting those ratings up and like doing all these things on TV. Well, he's dumb, and, you know? Yeah. He's a dumb, he's a dumb person. Yeah. And again, <laughs> listen, uh, he had, he had like a good year and a half run in the world of professional wrestling and he's still cashing checks on that today. So who's the dumb one? Him, him still, but, oh, okay. uh, but that's cool that he can work people. I, just, I like that he's carny. Yeah. Yeah. And he hates the and he hates the business. He hates wrestling. He would never. He never wants to talk about phony, fake pro wrestling again, bro. <laughs> I I had a suggested video come up on my YouTube the other day, and it was Vince Russo's personal message to Dave Meltzer. And I'm like, why? What did I do wrong to have this suggested <laughs> to me? Um. All right. So. That was 25 years ago. Let's go five years ago, Ed. Okay. Five years ago, World Wrestling Entertainment presented a show in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel. Maybe you've heard of these shows. And one of the big matches on that show was the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker, taking on DX, Triple H, and coming out of retirement, for that sweet, sweet, sweet blood oil money, Shawn Michaels. Ed, have you ever seen this match? No, I won't let it win. <laughs> Listen, I know this is one of the worst matches of all time, and I love shit like that, but yes. I cannot let this one win. Like, I know I've, I've, I've purposely gone on my way to never see this match. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Like, and- I've seen, I've seen stuff from it. But I have never, no, I have never sat down and watched this. And I never will. I cannot let them win. The worst part about this match, it's like 25 minutes long, bell to bell. Of course it is. Of course it is. Like, Triple H, like, tears his quad. Uh, Like, people are getting hurt. Undertaker's blown up, like, two minutes into it. And at no point do any of these four veterans, these four legends, none of them say, maybe we should take it home. Their egos won't let them. No. So no. ridiculous. Um, This is what I... Like, when people are like, oh, what's the worst match ever? And they'll say stuff like Charmel versus Survivor Lady. I'm just like, well, those are two non-wrestling... Like, this is the worst yes. match of all time. Because this is, like, four people have been doing this for, like, over 20 years apiece. And, like, some of them are some like are considered some of the best to ever do it. And it's... And then that that's what it is. That that is the worst wrestling match of all time. And it was very clear that they were all cashing a check. Yeah. Right? Um they could have went out there and had like a nostalgic match, a clap clap stomp match. They could have did like midget spots with like doing the rowboat thing. They could have done stuff where like pose downs, like all goofy shit that you do in like on a house show. But instead they're like we got to give the kingdom Saudi Arabia, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia our best, and their best was 15 years ago, and they're running on fumes. And I remember people that were there was saying it was like the hottest it had ever been that they were there. <laughs> so like everything just on top of it. But you never having seen the match, and you do what you got to do. My favorite thing about the match for this is the photo shoots that they do for this. And how miserable Shawn Michaels looks in every single photo shoot that they did for this. Like the pre-match and the post-match stuff that they did with these four. Yeah. To build it up. 
And Shawn Michaels is just like, I shouldn't like you could in his face. You could see I shouldn't have done this. This was a mistake. This is going to be bad, but it's too late now. And not only that, but one of the photo what like part of the photo shoots that they did for this was one of the scans for the figure. So there's a WWE basic Mattel figure of Saudi Arabia blood oil money. I'm regretting my life choices. John Michael's action figure. <laughs> is it? Isn't there a part in this? This is the match, right? Where. Triple H is like laying in the corner and Shawn Michaels like lays on him and like looks up at him and like gives him basically the like the what the fuck are we doing, bud? Yes. What are we doing here? What are we like? (laughs) Like it's it's very clear like Shawn is the one like, hey, man, you're hurt. Taker's blown up. Kane's mask and wig fell off and he's still struggling to put it on. Like (laughs) Shawn is like, let's take it home. And like, no, man, we got another 10 minutes on the clock, you know? You know, the funniest part of this it for sure is that because Sean's a God guy, he thinks that it all went bad <laughs> because of God. Like, this is God, God is punishing telling him. him. Yes, yeah. for sure. That's what he was thinking. There's yeah. not a world that exists where he doesn't think this is God punishing him for taking for like worrying about money. I guarantee you that was going through his head. How much of the money he got from this? Oh, he had to get so much. Yeah, they're yeah. Get so much away just to feel good about it. I guarantee yeah. he did. So he technically did it like he can then tell himself yeah. that he didn't do it for him, which he originally did. Like if this match went well, he was keeping that money. Yeah. But because the match went poorly to feel better about himself, I'd say he donated at least 80% of that to his. <laughs> Wonky eyed fuck. So. Also, on this day in wrestling history, Ed, one year ago, maybe the greatest episode of AEW Dynamite ever happened. Because if you remember, this was the era a year ago where Chris Jericho was the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, everybody loved it. And he issued an open challenge Uh for any (gasps) former... Ring of Honor world champion to come and challenge him (laughs) on Dynamite. (laughs) And Ed, do you remember who answered the call? Boom, boom. Call Cabana. (laughs) With his tight socks. His socks are too tight. You can't wrestle good. (laughs) So, it's so funny that the the (laughs) Brothers of Destruction DX match was five years ago. (laughs) And then this match, like, these two very funny matches happen within four years of each other in the same day. Um, the ultimate spite match, if there ever was one. Jericho trying to be the one. I'm the locker room leader now that I stood up after all this chaos and turmoil that Phil caused. And I'm going to show him. I'm going to give the man that he ostracized. The man, all of this is over. Colt Cabana, I'm going to give him that opportunity to shine on national TV in a way to be like, this could have been you, Phil. You could have had this singles match with me on TV. (laughs) Like, you know that's what Jericho's thought process was. Yeah. And uh, and this match ain't very good. No, Colt Cabana's socks were too tight. (laughs) He couldn't wrestle good. When your socks are too tight, you can't wrestle good. Everybody knows that. Sure. It wasn't bad because he got blown up really quick and Jericho got blown up really quick and they both tried to do things that they can't do anymore because they're old. 
it's this t- socks too tight, too tight of socks. But there was one other thing that happened on this episode of Dynamite that I don't that people overlook, sadly. You know, everyone talks about this Jericho Colt Cabana five star classic that they had. You really set the scale. I think it's like rated a nine point seven the entire episode on a cage match. But there was one other thing that happened on this episode of Dynamite Ed, and I know you remember it. I let it play until it fades out. <laughs> That's right. It was one year ago today. That double J, that's J E double F J A double J J A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. I'm not editing out my fuck up. It's a flub <laughs> it's a show flub. now. Flub. We got a flub. Oh god damn it! I hate when you chant flubs at me. <laughs> but I was picking my kid up from piano, and I decided I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna stop and get myself Long John Silver's for dinner, right? I'm going through the Long John Silver's drive-in. My kid wants sheets. So we stop at the sheets. And from the time that I park my car, go inside, come back out to get his sheets, my phone is blown up. Everybody's texting me. Are you watching AEW right now? I'm like, no, I'm going to watch in a little bit. I'm running late. I had to pick my kid up at piano, whatever. And they're like, oh, my God. Don't go online. Don't get this spoiled on you. Go home right now. We'll get Dynamite on. I'm like, all right. I can casually get Dynamite on. Put it on the TV, got my got my chicken planks from Long John Silver's ready to go, and fucking Double J shows up on AEW. Ed, it was it was amazing. I was going out of my goddamn mind. And in that year's time, we've gotten Double J matches with Eddie Kingston, with Orange Cassidy, multiple segment segments with Mark Briscoe. Double J is a at least a two-time AEW Tag Team Champion. He's the current Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch <laughs> Champion. If we were just to rate his legacy on just this one year alone, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, first ballot, no questions. He uh, is bad. Though. No! He's not any good. Um it's the most tolerable run he's ever had, for sure. Like, I can't even deny that. It's 100% the most tolerable Jeff Jarrett's ever been. I don't find him, like, actively abhorrent. And I, that's the most he's ever... Like, I I still don't think he's good, and I don't want to watch his shit. But, like, I don't know. Maybe it not being at the top of the card for a world title. You know what I mean? That helps. He, he's never... Oh, so, the closest he came um, was... The, I, and again, it was a couple. We, it was a couple months ago. Um, it was the last time AEW was in Long Island, and like Long Island, like okay, even though he's a babyface now on TV, whatever. But when he was a heel, it's like oh, we come to Long Island. MJF is like an extra babyface, right? Yeah. That week on Jarrett's podcast, he started making these remarks about MJF, right? And then, like, he started tweeting at MJF on Tuesday, <sighs> and MJF started tweeting back to him. And I'm like, holy shit, are we going to get in fucking MJF's hometown, babyface MJF against literally the only heel in the fucking company of Double J? And, like, the only one who knew this was going on is, like, me, because I'm the only one who follows Double J, you know, listens to the podcast early, you know, so on and so forth. So I get myself all hyped up, and then the Wednesday thing comes out, and it was just like, 
MJF doing like a bar mitzvah skit in the ring and no match. And I'm like, where's my double J thing? And like you guys spent like two <laughs> days of like tweeting at each other and podcasting about it, right? Now there's no match. So that's the lo- the great lost match. And I know you don't watch AEW currently. Yeah. But last night they did a bit where MJF was looking for partners to team up against uh, Bullet Club Gold. Yeah. And after everyone turned him down and he kept turning down uh, the acclaimed, right? It was one of those things where acclaimed is like, okay, you know, if you're going to team with us, you got to scissor us and you got to wear this. And they give him like a bag and it had acclaimed style gear in it, right? Okay. And as MJF is looking at his clipboard, looking at uh, the bag that they gave him, he turns to the left. Now, this isn't how it looked on TV. This was uh, JCP Designs uh, who, who doctored this up. I don't know if you saw this picture. But he looks to the left and he just <laughs> this crew. Like saying, we'll tag with you, Max, right? And somebody's like, oh, they should have put flames and like whatever behind them. Because like, Max says that he's the devil, but like Double J and his crew of cronies, like they're the devil. Like, yeah. they're just the, like, on TV, as a group, as characters, zero redeeming qualities. They're all pieces of shit. They're all pieces of shit, which is why it's awesome, because, like, everybody else wants to be cool. Whether you're a babyface or a heel, they want to be cool. Like, they want to get that pop. They want to get that reaction. Like, I got to get my shit in, or whatever it is. And the shit that Double J wants to get in is a prolonged thing of him shaking his hair and doing a strut. (laughs) Like, that's his shit that he wants to get in, you know? (laughs) Jeff Jarrett's the best. I don't care what you say. So, uh, Ed, did you uh, have anything from, like, the last week of wrestling that you watched that you liked that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, uh, that I liked. Um, All right, listen, that you liked or you want to talk about? I just, I watched 880. Right. Um, They're gearing up for their big show the night before Thanksgiving. And it seems like amateur wrestler Reese Hayes is going to get an 880 title shot. And that's good. That's a really well-built story. It's a kid that went on a losing streak. And now he's won a shitload of matches in a row and keeps winning a lot. And so people want to see him face the champion to see if he can beat the champion to win the title. And this wrestling stuff is really fucking easy. Uh, And a lot of people booking make it harder than it has to be. I was going to say, Ed, this sounds like a very easy, straightforward storyline that I understand I can get into and make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So their stuff is on YouTube, right? It's on Twitch and YouTube. Yep. Oh, okay. I don't know nothing about no Twitch, but <laughs> I'll uh, I'll make sure to put a link to their YouTube stuff uh, in the show notes. Oh. Anyone who grabs this episode or whatever. Um, I know I'd asked you a couple things. You know, it's, you're new. You're, you're new to the show. I know you listen to everything. Um, but did you watch the uh, super fan Vladimir documentary that was on the WWE Network? Uh, no, because I don't have a Peacock subscription, and also, I, um, I kind of hate Vlad, but not Vlad specifically. What? Um, not, no, listen, not Vlad personally or anything, but Vlad, without Vlad, right, there's no Brock Lesnar shirt guy, you know what I mean? There's right. no, like, fans with gimmicks. If it was just Vlad, I would never have a problem with it, but knowing what Vlad culture has caused... <laughs> 
uh, I don't I don't enjoy it. But I think a lot of it is if you saw this, yeah, you you would like see how pure Vlad is. He's just a guy that likes wrestling, and He's, he likes he why likes does he like going WWE to, because that was the wrestling that because he grew up in New York. Okay. Um. Okay. So again, to to get into the whole documentary, if you have Peacock, if you have other means to get it, definitely watch it. It does get like dark in a couple spots because you have to bear in mind like this was filmed like during COVID times, so keep mm-hmm. that in mind. Um. There's also to time capsule everything. The big payoff to the documentary is he goes to WrestleMania in Tampa, and this weird married couple present him with a plaque. Saying that he's the honorary WWE super fan. Who? Uh, well, again, at the time they were a married couple. That was Triple H and Stephanie. Oh, the Triple H, the very divorced man. This was before, so it's like real weird to see them together. I'm like, oh, this is something that I haven't seen in like two years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Kev says there's nothing to that. All right. All right. I believe said they Kev. can't. They can't possibly be divorced because Triple H goes to his daughter's events. Right. Yeah, everybody knows that. You, no one gets divorced and is still a good parent. Idiots. Right. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Yeah. And Kevin I like Paul... that Kev is still friends enough with him to lie for him. Yeah. I was saying, him and Kev are best friends. You would think yeah. Paul would have mentioned this. <laughs> or mentioned not to talk about it on your fucking podcast. Man, maybe Paul didn't let her like let Kev know because he doesn't want Kev. Like, Kev could have Stephanie anytime he wanted. You know what I mean? That's true. Even though uh, Kev is happily married and all that sort of thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's less about being um, happily married and it's more about just that's Kev's nature, you know? Yeah. It's a, he's the threat. Right. Was he, I don't want to say happily, but was he married when he was going on TV and working into his promos that he was banging half the Nitro girls when he actually was? Yeah. Sure. But again, it was he had to. He was big sexy. He had to live the gimmick, right? But anyway, um, so Vlad is like a Haitian immigrant. Okay. And he lived and grew up in New York. And when you were like a kid in the 70s and 80s, WWF was the only wrestling you had. Like, you know, if you were... And again, they, they kind of put over that he was like, not like an affluent person, but he wasn't like poor, but... You know, he was going to Madison Square Garden wrestling in the like the late seventies, early eighties, and he just like was a unique guy, and he would get front row seats because that was back in the day where you know WWE tickets didn't cost like a thousand dollars to go to a house show. You can go to a Madison Square Garden show like if you were first, like when the box office opened, and you were the first person in line, you could invariably get your pick of any ticket you want, and the most you would pay is maybe sixty dollars. You know, so he was just that guy that like, I live in New York. I want to go see WF wrestling. It's not like WCW or anything else comes to me. I know when tickets go on sale, I'm going to go to the box office. I'm going to be the first person in line and I'm always going to get that seat. And like, he's just like a dude, like, and he's not doing it to be like, be a gimmick. Yeah. He's just a very genuine person who loves wrestling and loves WWE and I, I tweeted out on Saturday after I'd watched it that if Tony Khan after this, after WWE sat on this thing for like a year and a half and teased it coming out and teased it coming out, 
And then it finally comes out like late Friday night, early Saturday morning. That if I was Tony Khan, I would have sent a fucking private jet to Vlad's house and sat him front row. At yeah. Him. Imagine that. Like, because Vlad seems like a nice guy. And like, there's enough WWE people there that he'd be like, oh, it's Big Show and it's Edge and it's Christian. And like, I remember these guys. You know, I don't know who MJF and FTR are, but okay. Right. And like, you put Vlad fr- front row. And you say, this is Vlad, wrestling super fan. He just had his documentary released today. Go check it out. And that's a way to, like, give the people a kind of needle. Tony Khan is like, hey, they're plugging the WWE Network right on their TV. But, like, I thought that would have, like, a, a huge coup would be getting Vlad front row in an AEW show. Like, literally as his documentary came out. Would he, though? Would he go? He seems like a live and die. I don't for know. The, for the brand person. You take the chance. You reach out, right? Yeah. You take that shot. He says, no, no problem. You know, you, you book Bailey fan in the front row or whatever. She's she, she's going to wrestle in that company. <laughs> Who was it? You guys on final wrestling? Yeah. This week yeah. Saying it? yeah. Yep. When they do the, the video package of her as the little kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be that, that might be the tipping point for me for wrestling. Then wrestling be done forever. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. At least like that, that could get me to stop like watching WWE, you know, <laughs> like I know MJF talks about the bidding war of 2024, but what if once we get to a point where there's a bidding war between like AEW, WWE, TNA, NWA over Bailey fan, I'd be like, you know what? That's the moment wrestling finally passed me by. I could put a pin in it. That was it right there. I'm done. Can't wait for her, Doc. You know the work. Like, someone is, you know it's someone's job that once a week they have to comb the Bailey fan footage and keep it updated and have it, like, have the bones of a documentary ready to go. So that when she makes her WWE debut, they have it ready to roll out on the network like that night. It's just a, it's an evergreen project they're always working on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How sad must that person's life be? Oh man, it's what you is what you deserve, Cirque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's move on. Nothing else from the. Um, yeah, no, for sure something else. You made me fucking watch <laughs> that Matt Tremont and Cruel thing. Oh, you watched it? Yes, and here's why i almost reluctant to talk about it. Because okay. if there's something that I hate the most in the world, it is horror movies. But if there's something I hate more than horror movies, it's cinematic matches. <laughs> okay. I hated all of this. But I can point out good things about it. I think right. Brandon Kirk is genuinely very good. Um, did you do you agree with that? I'll wait for you to be finished and get all your points. I think out. Brandon Kirk was genuinely very good in it and wasn't like hammy or like he seemed like a wrestling person. He didn't seem like he was acting right. He see okay. he didn't seem like a real person either. He seemed like a wrestler, okay. talking like a wrestler. Um. I think you can tell that everyone that worked on it really loves horror movies. <laughs> right. I think this is definitely a labor of love for them and they all enjoyed doing it. And you can definitely tell that all of those people really, really loved the idea of making a horror movie 
that it turned into a cinematic wrestling match. Mm-hmm. I think the Reverend on commentary is one of the worst decisions uh, ever. Having commentary in general is very weird for that. I wouldn't have. I would have just not had commentary. Um, and I guess is Matt, Matt Tremont is dead now. <laughs> Spoilers, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say this, so I can get a poll quote on Jer- uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Mm-hmm. It was like. No holds barred if it was a horror movie. Okay. Okay. Jerry, that's the pull quote. You might want to tune out after this. I thought it was okay. It looked good. That's the most important thing. It was shot well. It looked like a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Um, The match itself. And obviously, because you have like things that are set up. And they did a good job editing it to hide any of the seams and stuff. But yeah. I definitely feel the match itself was one take. And because the match itself wasn't live, they could have played with that a little bit. Because there was a couple spots that looked a little wonky that I would have wanted a second take on since we could take a second take on it. Since it's mm-hmm. not live, right? Yeah. Um, I know you said that there should have been no commentary on it. Um, I thought with Don the Dragon Wilson is his name. What's his name? The who? The the guy in commentary that you didn't like. The Reverend. Reverend. Reverend Dragon. Something. He's yeah. the guy with Tank. Yeah. Um, I thought he was fine on commentary. I thought Dylan trying to do like like Dylan's voice was fine like when he was acting, but when he was trying to do his like his commentary voice is very annoying and over the top. Yeah, and it wasn't a good mix. The bi- so the biggest problem that I have with this is that it didn't know what it was supposed to be. Is it a documentary? Is it a wrestling match? Is it a horror movie? And I know they'll say it was all of those things. Yeah, but it it didn't flow right. Um, the the bit with the Kirks, like, and again, they're taking into consideration that we know who the Kirks are. They could have had like a lower third that just said who these people are. Yeah. Because Brandon Kirk there in his living room with like his hair grown out and his beard looks very different than like wrestling Brandon Kirk. Yeah. So I'm like, is that Brandon Kirk for sure? Because it kind of sort of looks like him, but I don't know. Um, And then you build up that through line of uh, Casey's the wife's name, right? Yeah. So that she had that match in Australia with uh, Cruel and they keep going to those flashbacks and this is the first time that Cruel ever showed any sort of compassion or emotion and then Cruel has the picture of Casey in his lair and in this this hour long thing that we watched there was no payoff to that and I get that we're going to get the payoffs in matches down the road but I think we should have gotten some sort of payoff some sort of culmination to the Kirks and Cruel in this And I think they the more time could have or should have been spent building up Matt Tremont because the first 15 minutes of the movie is just them talking to the Kirks about deathmatch wrestling in general. And then they get into like why people do it and then they get into cruel and then why does cruel do it? And they bring up the Australia match and Brandon throws the fit and he leaves and everything else like that. And then all of a sudden the next thing is like, well, cruel's got that big match coming up with Matt Tremont. Okay. And again, 
they're taking into consideration that people watching this know who all these people are. And for the most part, they do. But if you want to expand outside of the sphere of who the people already know this are, you might need to put more stuff in there to flesh out who these characters are. And in my mind, it doesn't take that much to do so. Um, how funny was it that Brandon Kirk couldn't get that that heater lit up at the beginning? Did you notice that? No. He had to relight it like four times. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if like they had to do multiple takes and he'd like snuff it out and then restart it. But like, yeah, he, he, he likes that heater like four times. I do like that the best of our deathmatch wrestlers in 2023 are all uh, smokers. It rules. Yeah. Um, I was really worried they weren't going to explain what happened in Australia because I didn't know. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they, they take for granted that we know so much about these people going into it. And I, I know Jerry had reached out to me and they had gotten some publicity and stuff. They got to mention on some, like, horror movie websites and stuff, mm-hmm. which is great. And, like, I could see a horror movie person watching this and be like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. But are they going to get a sub to Jerry's thing? Are they going to follow up and watch the matches that, like, this thing is to build up that are happening next weekend? I don't know. I- I'm going to say probably not. So, um. It was a very, you know, um, ambitious endeavor, and I definitely think you should check it out if you're a horror movie person, if you're a wrestling person. Um, I, again, I go, it, it looks better and is shot better and is, like, mic'd better than I would say 95% of the stuff that gets dumped on, like, Tubi this year. So it has a plus on that. I, um... I mean, I didn't like it, but that's because I don't. <laughs> I could see if you're a fan of like B, like low budget, not even yeah. B, like low budget horror movies yeah. and wrestling. Yeah, this would be like Stacy Silvers that I like to the, Chin, the Chris Chan podcast with. Yeah, I think he would like this. Right. So I think this is if you're, if you're into those things, you'll really enjoy it. Right. Um, and I like that it's already like booked that uh i think it's the next icw show they're doing cruel versus brandon cook or brandon kirk so right i assume that's where that story is gonna get so that helped you know maybe get interest in that i guess that's definitely what it felt like this was for but it was very grandiose it was very ambitious um you know i hope um i i give kudos to everyone involved with it they were uh, you know it looked really well it was a death match it was outside they did a bunch of stuff, and they oh, tried to get. That's all that. what I was gonna say. Okay. My main problem with it is that it's Matt Tremont because I think Cruel works better with people that are smaller than him because he's a very laboring worker. Like he's slow and methodical, and he can't work again. It's very boring when he works with somebody that is also very slow. There's okay. a lot of time in between stuff, so I like it when Cruel because I've seen a lot of Cruel matches. I like when he works a smaller person; they can yeah. bump really well for him and get thrown around and do sick shit. Before Cruel got injured, I know I was in Mantis's ear about trying to book Cruel for a LVAC show. What a dope! And now that he's back on the scene, I might have to mention that again to uh, to Mantis about getting him booked. Man, this might get cut, but I gotta ask just because I, I was Cruel. The uh, the big bad in the flood? No, no. Okay. Um, that was a guy who wrestled in Iowa 
whose okay. name was or like I think he was wrestling at the time, and I don't know if he still wrestles, but his name was Chainsaw Stephen King. <laughs> now you're gonna laugh at that, but his shoot name is Stephen King. <laughs> So he just wrestled under his actual like shoot name that just happened to be the same name as one of the most popular horror writers of all time. That rules. Yeah. And it was definitely someone that I think was either recommended by Eric Cannon or Jimmy Jacobs um, to fill that role that Mike was looking for to play that character. That was Bane and everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we were we were told that like we're supposed to act like they're dead, but we're not supposed to say that they're dead, just in case we need to bring these characters back at some other time. <laughs> How did you say, great, Mike? How the fuck do you want me to do that? I could do. I'm like I could do it. I'll figure it out. And if I do it wrong, he'll tell me I did it wrong, and he never told me I did it wrong. Well, there you go. <laughs> So that's all I got from like what I watched this week. Because I'm uh, thank you very much for watching the uh, the death of Cruel versus Matt Tremont. No, you know me. I like weird shit. So yeah. I, it's not like I didn't get anything out of it. Right. Plus, now type... I know that that Brandon Kirk Cruel match is going to happen. I'll probably watch that since they signed yeah. up for IWTV. I think that same show also has uh, Brian Myers versus Danny Demonto on it. Wonderful. <laughs> if you want to watch that too. <laughs> that's so random right in the chains um maybe i don't I wonder know. if it's I, in the chains brian I, myers wrestling the chains would be super funny i think if i remember seeing the match graphic for cruel versus brandon kirk they said that there are no chains on this show oh yeah okay but i think brian My- brian myers did before he went back to uh wwe um, like when he got fired the first time and then he went back mm-hmm. right before he did, he did a no rope barbed wire match with like Kevin Matthews, I think in PWS. What? <laughs> yeah. Just because he's like, oh, I'm an ECW guy and I don't think I'll be a, doing a no rope barbed wire match in WWE. So oh, I'm going to do one before I go back to WWE. And he did one in like a PWS show in like Edison, New Jersey or some shit. I like that. Yeah. I wish more people had that line of thought. Like, I'm going to do something real dumb before I go back and make money. Right. And now he's making a lot of money. The toys. Yeah. Hey. And all sorts of other tchotchkes. Dude, he rules because, like, he gets to make that money with Broski, but never has to take the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nobody hates Brian Myers. No. Like, you either love Broski with all your heart. Or you hate him with a white hot fiery passion. No one has those strong emotions one way or the other about Brian. You're just like, oh, Brian's a good guy. Yeah. He's genius. Yeah. Broski's a lightning rod. <laughs> Dick. Um, can't believe I would never let that man bully me. Well, listen, one of my co-hosts does, and it only happened like four or five times. <laughs> On Facebook. <laughs> yeah, on Facebook. Like, not even real life, you know? Um. Oh, I know what's next. I gotta, gotta work on my being my Adam here. That's all right. 
Hey, Joe, did you know that there's a WWE premium live event this Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Okay. There is. It's Sammy Zane's taking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the tribal chief? Yard. Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? Yes, Joe, uh, this Saturday is WWE Crown Jewel from the uh, beautiful kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, And according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of wrestling news and Batman OnStar commercials, (laughs) there are eight matches. None of them. Wait, one is uh, is the P beside it mean it's a pre-show? I don't know. I don't look at I Wikipedia. Guess. I don't cheat. Man, I guess. So there's eight matches listed here. One might be on the pre-show. Okay. I think I can get some of them. Okay. Okay. I know we have uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Logan Paul. Apparently, yes, we do. Right. Uh, we also have John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. Yep. Okay. Um, we also have... Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. Correct. I know this sounds like a banger of a card, as the kids say. <laughs> this is, that sounds like a great Raw. Right. Um, okay, so over on the SmackDown side of things, um, is EO Sky defending the title against Bianca Belair? Yes. Okay. Um, Rhea Ripley is defending the title against someone? Against several someones. Ooh, okay. Um, let me think who that could be. Um, it's it's so it's Rhea Ripley and three other people. I'm gonna guess. No. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Okay. Because I was just gonna start naming random people on the Raw Ladies roster, and like <laughs> I knew, I knew like Shayna Baszler's in there. Okay. I knew like uh, Nia Jax is in there. Yep. Is Candice LeRae in there? No. I okay. also forget that she works there. Until oh, no, I, I see I her I remember Twitter. she's there. Her and her real cool husband. Yeah. Um, um, I have no clue who else could be in that match. Cool. So one is Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez. Um, I know who that is. And then the other is, I don't know who this person is. It's Zoe Stark. I don't know who the fuck that is at all. Oh, she was, um... <laughs> I don't have any fucking clue. <laughs> she was an NXT lady. Okay. And then she was, she got called up and she was like Trish Stratus's apprentice. Trish, what? Yeah. Oh, so uh, Trish Stratus and um, Becky, before Becky won the NXT title, had like a crazy feud where like they were supposed to be on SummerSlam and they got held off SummerSlam. Oh, I remember they, that. Yeah. And they had a cage match on Raw where they legitimately beat the shit out of each other. Okay. And because you're not allowed, you can't get blood in WWE. So they're like, I know what we'll do. Instead of bleeding, we'll just ram each other's head really hard into this real cage. And then we'll post pictures on social media of how fucked up and lumpy our faces are now. Okay. So I only know about that because I know that people mentioned on Twitter that apparently this is a thing for Becky and she's been doing an NXT too, where she's just trying to bust herself open hard way. Like it's mm-hmm. like a goal for her at this yeah. point. 
It's very weird. I say she should just do the Brett. a maniac person thing to do. She, she should just do the Brett thing where she gigs herself and says, oh, no, I cut it on the edge of the steps. Well, nobody can be as good as Brett. Well, <laughs> we, can, we can all try, right? Okay, so that's five matches, I guess, so far? Yeah, you have three more. Okay. Um, Sami Zayn wrestling Finn Balor, maybe? No. Okay, so I don't is know he wrestling, this person either. Is he wrestling Dominic? No. Who's he wrestling? I know JD McDonig? Oh, you know who that is? Um, no. <laughs> okay. Do you remember British wrestling superstar Jordan Devlin? Yeah, 205 Live. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And these ones I knew for sure because we have yeah. both both titles on the line, the real one and the fake one. Seth Rollins uh, is defending the title against Drew McIntyre. Yep. And in the main event, the only match that matters, the match that's going to get me to watch a goddamn crown jewel show live as it happens, and that's Roman Reigns, the bloodline, head of the table, all the allocades that you can foist upon him. Taking on and losing the title to I have to stop it there because I don't have it uh, faded out on that. There's not a reality that exists where LA Knight wins this match. (laughs) Dude, I'm so I worked myself into a shoot on my LA Knight fandom. I don't know if I'm going to be able to work myself into a shoot on this. You I'm shouldn't. just, I'm just hoping that he comes out of the match without like losing the steam that the character currently has. Joe, this will kill him. <sighs> Joe, the plan is for this to kill him too. Just so you know, it can't be. Joe, the plan is for this to kill him. Dead. <sighs> like this is. <laughs> Listen, you've watched this company way longer than I have. You know this deep down. They booked this match. So he stops getting over because they're fucking mad about it. But Ed, why would you? And again, I know you're going to say because this fucking company. Yeah. But why would you get, have a guy who is like literally they pump out like two new L.A. Night merchandise items a week. Yeah. And they just sell out. Yeah. And this guy just moves merch. Yeah. And like this is the guy that they send out to do the press stuff. You don't yeah. see Cody doing press stuff. You see L.A. Knight doing press stuff. Yeah. He's got the Slim Jim tie-in. He's got, like, the cool cars. He gets the rub on TV from John Cena. Yeah. You know, he's the one that this past week on TV, like, he's the first one not to, like, sell being intimidated by Roman Reigns, right? Okay, so maybe kill him dead is wrong. Cool him <laughs> off. 1,000% is to cool him off. It, in my heart, I just I, there. I don't know what it is because I'm not a creative genius like Triple H <laughs> and 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 Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon and the team of writers that they have there. But there's got to be a way that LA Knight loses this match, but doesn't lose the steam that he has. No, because even if that's the goal that they have, they won't be able to do it because they're bad at their jobs. That's true. And usually I don't care. Like, when they did this with Cody, like, I didn't care. It was funny. Yeah, it was super funny. (laughs) But I care about L.A. Knight. Like, I want L.A. Knight to win. Yeah, they're going to kill him dead. 
God if they it. try, if they try not to, that might even be worse because they're so inept. So, like, it's it, like I, it, I know the finish is going to be something stupid where it's just simply like Solo comes out and gives him the thumb in the neck, yeah. right? Or like maybe S- Solo comes out and then R- LA Knight's able to bump him off, and then Jay Uso comes out. And then John Cena comes out to stop Jay Uso, and like John Cena goes and picks Jay Uso up for the the fu, and when he does, he like clips L.A. Knight with the boot of Jay Uso, and that's enough to stagger L.A. Knight, and Roman hits him with the spear, and that's how he wins. But now you're setting up like, oh, L.A. Knight now has beef with John Cena, and we could set up a John Cena L.A. Knight singles program. No, um, no, he'll probably huh? just win the U.S. title after this, and, then, and that's okay. I'm okay with that, and that'll be it. Like, and then he'll never matter again. Like, no, in no, 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 no. And that's the th- in 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 my mind. Like, wrestling's a business. Like, you had this guy that you tried to squash down when you brought him up to the main roster. You made him a manager. And you made him, like, his gimmick was that he was a close talker, right? And then, like, in spite of all of it, he's he, like, he was going to walk out of the company. And then Vince quits. And then he comes back on TV and they let him do the character that he was doing at NXT that was supposed to be a heel character, but connected with that crowd. And so rarely in this day and age, when somebody's doing their shtick in NXT and they bring it up to the main roster, does it get over? But L.A. Knight, it did. It got over. He 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 was the one that did the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, right? Yeah. He's the one that they put in the sponsored matches, like, alongside, like, people like The New Day and Rey Mysterio. And, you know, like, whether or not, like, you like those people or not, or they have good matches or not. But those are the people that the advertisers look at. And they're like, we want that guy wearing our shit going out to the ring. Yeah, and he's going to get rewarded for it by being embarrassed and losing Roman Reigns, and then at WrestleMania, he'll get to wrestle like Logan Paul or something. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's cool. It's He's going to be cooled off after this. Look at Sammy. He's going to get Sammy, dude. They already showed you how this goes. When you get over and they don't want you to, you lose to Roman Reigns, then you're cooled off. Sammy was... Okay, so... Sammy and KO were kind of over and like not as not as over as they were after he lost to Roman. But they were still over going into WrestleMania and they got to main event night one of WrestleMania. Right? Remember remember back when there was only one night of WrestleMania? <laughs> and now there's two, so we can have two main events, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they main evented night one of WrestleMania. They got the huge reaction, they had the good match, they win the tag titles. And then they didn't know what to do with them after that. And that was where the problem was. And that's kind of where they got cooled off a little bit, you know? Um, I could see maybe they got to turn Sammy heel and maybe have Sammy turn heel on Cody. And they can kind of, like, turn things around for that. But, like, Sammy got, like, he got the awesome match two years ago at WrestleMania with Johnny Knoxville. And he got the main event at WrestleMania last year. I don't know. That that. If that's cool enough, that's, you know, I I can't complain about that. 
I mean, I don't have any investment in this. I'm just, I don't want you to get your heart broken. That's all, right. all I'm looking out for. I'm trying. I, I, I'm going to watch <laughs> it live. And it's one of those times where, like, I'm going to shut my brain off. And I'm going to become, like, really emotionally invested in the match. And uh, I'll probably have my heart broken. But I'm going into it in the hopes that, you know, LA Knight comes out just as over. Or maybe, like, like if he's a nine and a half right now, he goes down to a nine next week on SmackDown, right? I hope they don't like just completely like he's he's wrestling like he goes back to feuding with fucking what's his name with the teeth fucking Austin Theory or someone, <laughs> like you know, because that's that's a death slot, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Oh, listen, Ed. Hey, we had some phone calls. People. Oh, wonderful. Ed. All right. Let's go to the voicemails. Uh, the first call is from Adam. Hi, Joe and Ed. It's Adam, and I am sure that you guys are having a great show, but I'm calling in because I doubt you guys have touched on the most important thing happening in wrestling right now. Oh. The gender-neutral monarch of Atom. That's right, it is time to announce which podcasts and podcasting personalities get to select an entrant into the 5th annual Gender Neutral Monarch Tournament. Submissions are due by next week when we record the podcast. So let me know either via at odds voicemail or talk about it on your podcast or shoot me a DM or tweet it out or whatever. Now, there are three rules that need to be followed. Rule number one, you cannot select somebody who has previously been involved in the tournament, even if it was under any different gimmicks. So I will submit a full list of previous entrants to everybody that I nominate in just a moment. Rule number two is the Ed Cody rule. You have to be an active a live wrestler or wrestling personality. Also, you had to have been on a wrestling show that aired on television or streaming within the last six months. Well, everything streams. Eliminate some of the uh, the crazier Ed picks. Twitch is streaming. Yeah. Joe Sposto rule, which means that your selection cannot be LA Knight, Eli Drake, Max Dupree, or anyone else that was born in Hagerstown, Maryland. Right, so obviously, oh, Joe Sposto, you get a selection. Right. Hi, Abussy. Ed, you get a selection. Returning Wonderful. from previous years, we have DeWiki from Hit My Music, Tim and Marcus from Final Wrestling Place, and TNM Sports, you get a selection. Brett and DJ, We Need Wrestling, you get a selection. Indie Wrestling Guide gets a selection. And in their first opportunity to make a selection. I am allowing Chicken Salad Podcast, Matt and Decker, you get a selection. And finally, at the request of AIW company man, Ronald Two Legs, the card is going to change. We'll be making a selection to the 2023 Gender Neutral Monarch Tournament. All right, I look forward to getting everybody's selections and having another great, unbiased, not at all messed with tournament. Goodbye, boys. I like that he left the stink sheet off of it because they would probably make fun of him. Right. I don't think so. <laughs> I know I've mentioned does does um I kind of zone out when Adam does the plugs. <laughs> does he mention the stink sheet? I don't know. 
I know. I know. Kurt will mention me because yeah. I'm a patron, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think he. Uh, I don't. And again, I don't think Adam knows that the stink sheet is a show. Yeah. Um, just like um, he he's letting Ron uh, Pat have a pick for on behalf of um, Card is going to change. Yeah. Um, I, I would. <laughs> I. I would love to hear Thorne try to remember what the name of my podcast was. <laughs> I was, you know how, like I told you earlier, there's not a reality that exists where LA Knight wins that match. Right. There's not a reality that exists where the stink sheet aren't presented with, Hey, do you want to have a wrestler represent you in this fictional tournament? And then they're not, they don't just mercilessly make fun of it. Right. They're too cool over there. I would agree. I would agree, and that's okay. Yeah, I, 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 you know, listen. I, I do my show over here for a little bit more, maybe of a broader audience than they do. There's, a, <laughs> I, I would say they have a very selective elite listenership. Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I would say they are tastemakers. We pretend to be tastemakers over here. Why can't you pick LA Knight? Um, because Adam knows I'll win, and like the previous years, his gimmick was he would always do things to screw over the boar. Yeah. And this last year it started where it was like, okay, I've screwed over the boar for three years in a row. I'm going to turn my focus to Joe because I picked Double J last year. Okay. And I obviously was going to pick LA Knight. Um, and I had some ideas, and I'm going to, I have until next week, and I'm going to do my pick live on the air. And I had an idea of like one or two people that I was going to do, and I could still do them because just in case somebody else picks the pick I'm going to go with, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to reveal who suggested to me that I pick this person, but I will if they're still on the table a week from now. And I think I got a good chance of winning. Well, I'm excited. I don't know who I'm going to pick. All right. Um, I don't know. I would pick. Um, I'd pick Ryan. Uh, I'd pick an MV Young. Uh-huh. Who's the, who's the, uh, who's the, and again, I know this is going to cast a wide net. Who's the twink boy in DDT that you like? Oh, Takeshi Masada? Yeah, pick him. I can't believe he was a cat girl made for Halloween. How funny is that? Mm. That's the funniest shit in the world. Mm. No wonder he's your favorite, huh? <laughs> it's just what a random, like, so I said, it's like, if I die and find out it's all a simulation, this that'd be the moment where I'm like, you guys were really pretty heavy handed right there. <laughs> somebody was somebody was drunk that night. Yeah, I know what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> like the only way that could have been like more heavy handed was like if he cosplayed as Belle Delphine. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> would be like, what are we that, doing? And be like, all right, fuck you guys. <laughs> it's over. I'm done. Joe, it's done. It's done. All right. All right. So Adam calls back again. Multiple hey, calls. Hey, Joe, Ed, uh, it's Adam again. Uh, just real quick, uh, an addendum to the Joe Sposto rule. Section B, paragraph, I don't know, H. Also not allowed in the tournament is Karen Jarrett. Uh, I had to make sure that I got that in there because it would be unfair and she'd win the whole thing. And uh, if we ever do, like, a, a Jarrett family tournament or something, we'll let her in. So no Karen Jarrett, uh, no LA Knight, nobody from Hagerstown, Maryland, and keep Ed still a little bit to a limit. All right, thanks. Bye. 
But yeah. I'm texting you, Joe. All I right. think I might have a workaround for you. All right. I did say I hoped within the last week that L.A. Knight debuted like a Midnight Rider style gimmick and we could all <laughs> pretend that we don't know who it is and that's who my pick would be. <laughs> I want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just uh, I'm going to let this. Uh, there's going to be very little editing on this show. All right. There you go. I just I just texted you what I think right. might be a workaround. Ah, so. Hmm. He'll, he'll, it'll it'll be retroactively shot down. All right. Yeah. That's a good one, though. It is a good one. It is a good one. All right. So uh, Adam called in one more time. Why? So many calls. I don't think you should be allowed to do this. Uh, listen, he, he pays the bills around here. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Hello, Joe. Hello, Ed. It's Vansky. I am currently listening to Ed's appearance on Final Wrestling Place. Oh, For cool. those who have not yet listened, go check it out. Ed and the boys, Tim and Marcus, very respectfully put together their top 10 list of fantasy crushes. And as the chairman and CEO of the Council of Greece, I figured I'd put together a real quick top 10 list. Uh, it, it is not in a firm order. And I'm sure as soon as I get off of this recording, I'll think of somebody and I'll be real mad I didn't include them. Also, this list suffers very much from recency bias, so I don't have, like, Kelly Kapowski in here or, you know, Alyssa Milano from back in the day. You know, I try to keep it within the last 25 years. Fuck, I'm old. But here goes. Number 10, Lauren Gardner. She is a former Denver Broncos cheerleader, but now she is the host of a bunch of MLB Network shows and interviews, and she's she's just the best. Number nine is Marina Bakarin, who played Inara on Firefly and Serenity. Number eight, uh, Mr. Tim took the chalk guy crush answer of Joe Manganiello, who I would have put in my list. But since he was already taken, I'm going to go with Tom Ellis from Lucifer. Uh, that man is dreamy. Number seven, I'm going to go with Mean Girls era Lindsay Lohan. But uh, honorable mention, I'm going to throw in there the best thing to come out of the Lehigh Valley, which is her co-host Amanda Seyfried. Number six is Yvonne Strahovski. I think that's how you say it. She played Sarah Walker on the TV show Chuck. Number five, the most obvious pick, the one that everybody knew was coming, is going to be Alexa Bliss, but most specifically, Harley Quinn cosplaying Alexa Bliss. Sad. So we can pinpoint an exact look there. Uh, number four is going to be Emma Stone. You can say anything from like Easy A to La La Land, take your pick. Number three, I am cheating here. This is Doctor Who Companions. So Karen Gillan as Amy Pond and Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald. Uh, it is impossible to pick between the two of those. Uh, number two, I'm sure she has a shoot name. I don't know what it is. She's Lily from the AT&T commercials. Um, yeah, yeah she's, she's great. Uh, and the last one, number one, I'm not going to yell this into the microphone. This is not the Patreon show, but uh, Miss Hancock, Stacey Keebler, has to be number one at the top of everybody's crushes. Uh, I wish I still had the posters that I had uh, a while ago. Uh, well, I'm going to have to do some Google searching. Okay, bye. I I knew like more people on Adam's list than I care to admit. I didn't know many of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who Emma Stone is? Um from Superbad, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, but like the cheerleader lady, yeah, and, and the girl from the AT&T commercial. I know Adam is like 
made me look that person up, and I still don't know who that is. <laughs> um, so before we comment on Adam's list more, and I, I give my list, because again, I was inspired by Ed and Tim and Marcus yeah. this past week on Final Wrestling Place, we did get one call about their list. And that would, I would say, unofficial co-council chairperson of the Council of Greece, and that would be uh, Kevin Hellions. Oh. Hello, gentlemen. Joe and Ed this week. No, Adam. Taking a week off for sports. That's ridiculous. All right. So, it's Kevin. If you didn't know, yeah. Um, I realize things I say, things I post and everything, so I have to give my own personal top 10. Now, I have thought long about this. I really went through, and I think I finally got it down to 10, just to fit it into one voicemail. So, in no particular order. Let's get the smut out of the way first, though, because I'm going to have some smut on this list. In the top 10, overall, my two smut picks, Piper for Powers, Jenna Jameson, and Anytime, Jenna Hayes. There are names missing from this, but I said it's only stick with two. For my age group, I think there's two that damn near everyone's going to have, and that is Danielle Fischel's Topanga and Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Kelly from Safe by the Bell. All right, there's going to be wrestling picks on here. Let's go those get those out there. Hoyer for Powers Lita. Honestly, anytime Lita, though. And Becky Lynch. I know, I know. Something about an Irish redhead. It just gets me. All right. Now, here's the one that might only be me. Hider for Powers during Night Court, Marky Post. Christine Sullivan. Absolutely fantastic. That is just you. Uh, This points (laughs) me that the reason we never got that whole show on DVD is because seasons one and two didn't sell. Guess what? She's not on the show yet for seasons one and two. Hider for Powers during Attack of the Show, Olivia Munn. Watch that show Monday through Friday every week. Loved it. I know she's changed over the years, but oh, there's a period, a few years there. Tech show, wonderful. Julia Stiles, specifically, in 10 Things I Hate About You. Specifically, I will never listen to Notorious B.I.G. Hypnotized the same way again. And finally, rounding it out, I might be the only one with this pick, but I stand by it. Carrie Byron on Mythbusters. Gorgeous. Absolutely Hmm. wonderful. I could watch her and learn something. That's my list, gentlemen. I'll have stupid questions next week. Looking forward to hearing the show tonight. Ed, welcome. I know you'll do a fantastic job. Can't wait to hear it. Bye. Uh, I'm surprised uh, Kevin only did two porno ladies on his list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I will say I have no porno ladies on my list because yeah. that's a sin. Yeah, of course. Right. And yeah. I did. I need, like I said on my list, I had a porno lady, but not because of porno. Right. It was because of her cosplay and her wrestling things. Yeah, and making Baba Booby's wife really, really mad. When you were talking about that on uh, Twitter, I wanted yeah. to reply to you, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to reply to Ed with, let me see if I could find the Annie Cruz gif of that moment from the Howard Stern show. <laughs> And let's just say, Ed, I can't, but I found a lot of other gifts of her. And I didn't want, I didn't feel comfortable tweeting any of them out. 
<laughs> Good. She is super funny though because she does get genuinely mad when people bring up her adult career, and it's like, well, you're still using the fake name that you used for that, and also you did that for like 20 years, and you've only been a non-porny lady for like four or five. Right. And that's what everybody knows you from. Like, it'd be like if CM Punk was just like, no, I write comics now. I don't want to talk about. Oh, he did do that. That's right. <laughs> and he did it great. <laughs> All right. So here's my list in no particular order, right? I can't rank them. This is my 10, okay? Uh, Selma Hayek, we'll say Lifetime, but we'll say specifically from the movie Dusk Till Dawn. You ever see that movie, Dusk no. Till Dawn? No, but I do know what she looks like in it. Okay. Uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, I'll say Lifetime, but I'll say specifically in Clerks too. When she's dancing? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Next up, Tina Fey. Man. I, again, that's when, when Marcus was doing his list. I'm like, oh, Marcus has my list already. I should just copy his list and say it on the show. There's um, so many middle-aged yeah. white comedian ladies on it. Yeah. I, I think she's my only one. <laughs> yeah, she's my only one. But so this is the other thing. Like, you know, like everyone else, like, uh, you know, everyone to a point has, like, your Topangas and your yeah. Kapowskis and stuff like that. Yeah. I never watched any of those shows, so I don't know who those... Like, I know who those people are from pop culture, but yeah. I never watched Boy Meets World. I never watched Saved by the Bell. So I never had, like, that attachment to them. Man, I wanted to... I was just about to say you really should watch Boy Meets World because it's really good, but I don't know if you would... Like, you didn't grow up with it. I think it's yeah. one of those things. Where, like, that's one of my favorite shows ever, but yeah. I don't know that it would hit the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam Greer... Uh, yeah. I'll I'll say Lifetime, but specifically like you know obviously I didn't grow up with black exploitation movies, but I was maybe like seventeen, and the Kmart by us sold a box set of all of um, Rudy Ray Moore movies, and me and my buddies bought it and we watched all the movies in like one weekend and we're like holy shit like we had just discovered like white kids in the suburbs in nineteen ninety four just discovered black exploitation movies, <laughs> so we're like we need more. And then the next ones that we found was the ones that Pam Greer was in, like coffee and stuff like that. And I'm like, who is this lady in here? Oh, my goodness. Right. Um, so Pam Greer. Uh, next on my list, Linnea Quigley. Um, I don't know if you know who that is. No. She's a B-movie horror actress who always gets naked in the movies, like buck-ass naked in every movie okay. that she's in. And uh, I probably saw her for the first time when I was like 10 in a horror movie. <laughs> and there's a movie that's on or the, there's a video that she released. Um, like she's been in, like movies like Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Demons, um, Slimeball Bullorama. But she did like a Scream, Cre Scream Queens like workout video. It was like her and all the other Scream, Scream Queens of the day. Like just doing aerobics and scantily clad videos and like, <laughs> like aerobics and like scantily clad outfits. Right. So like I was 12 and I rented that from the video store. And that was the first thing that I figured out how to like hook up a second VCR to the thing to make a copy of that. Right. That's like the original BET uncut. Yeah. Yeah. And, was, and again, that was before my, like that was after my time as well. Like by the time BET uncut was a thing, like I was, maybe very heavily already deep into pornography, right? I think the only time I ever got a Stokely Hathaway like on Twitter is when they made a joke about how BT Uncut was on right before BT Gospel. 
like, so, like, so you had to, you had to do it quick because BT Gospel was going to come on right after that to shame you. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Carmen Electra, specifically from the music video Get On Up. Uh, Carmen Electra, the last, like, <laughs> I think she was Prince's last ditch effort to like take one of the girls that he was banging him and make her a superstar. <laughs> She's um, a Prince girl. Yeah. She, I was never the last, that. she was the last big name one that like got like a record deal and a video and like regular rotation on MTV. This would have been like 1993, maybe. Huh. Yeah. Um, then we have my, uh, oh, okay. So we have my wrestling representation, Francine, specifically <laughs> 1995 when she was Stevie Richards' girlfriend. Okay. Um, like, you know, all that time after that, she's good. And like, she's really playing into the vixen thing and the scantily clad outfits and the fake tits and the whole thing. But like when she was just like, we're presented as like, she's a fan of the crowd or really like Stevie Richards. She seemed like a real person, you know? <laughs> Um, Bailey specifically in the bunkhouse gear that she wears in my, in my fantasies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, now this might be a little bit of a cheat cause it's not specific. It's not so much like this one person all the time or this other person all the time. Uh, but it is the rebel versus Shelly Martinez match from the TNA knockouts, knockdown pay-per-view from 2016. Yeah. Um, and had you ever seen that match before I sent you the link to that? Joe, I'm insulted that you would ask if I've never... I've seen that match so many times. I love that match. That is probably on my list of top 10 favorite matches of all time. It's yeah. number 10, it's but so, I love that match a lot. It's so good. Right. Um, And then, last but not least... Uh, I'm glad you didn't press me any further on that. Um, <laughs> last but not least, uh, Allison Mack, who played Chloe on Smallville. Oh, the sex cult lady. Okay, alleged sex cult lady. No, she was in it. I know all about that stuff. She was in it. <laughs> but it was one of those things where we, me and my wife would watch that show, and, like, obviously it was set up, like, you know, uh, Kristen Couric, and then later yeah. Erica Durant are supposed to be, they're, they're the hot ones that Clark is supposed to be going for. Yeah. And, like, I really liked Allison Mack, you know? Then who would know years later that she'd be, like, second in command or possibly ringleading a sex cult, you know? She's two things about that. One... <laughs> Uh, the only thing I know about Smallville is that when I see commercials from it, I'd be like, that girl playing Lana Lane is very pretty. Yeah, yeah, she was, she was a pretty girl. Two, uh, I know that you know this. I will go, I turn on Eric the Midget calls to fall asleep to. All right. And there's one where Eric the Midget calls in and gives Howard shit for making Allison Matt cry during an interview. <laughs> and he's like, she has naked parties with her friends. I just thought it was interesting. I thought I'd ask about it. I don't understand why she's crying about it a lot. It's like, oh my fucking god! Like, <laughs> she's crying now. Like now we know. <laughs> like, like that's where it was. Yeah, she's crying because she knows it's a, it's a weird sex call and she's getting pressed on it, and she's trying not to give information out. Like, like if Howard knows about it, then more people. Yeah, know about exactly. It. Yeah, she's and freaking out. It's like that. It's like that clip of uh, Chris D'Elia finding out that Snapchat messages don't disappear <laughs> like forever. <laughs> when he's on that radio station, she's like, wait, what? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Where, like, you know, in her head, she's thinking, like, oh, my God, people know about this. And she's, like, losing her shit. Uh-huh. Like, um, like and again, I don't know, um, you, you know, because they would edit stuff afterwards. But, like, from the original airing, yeah. I wonder if they cut that stuff out in the replays. Like, she went to Howard and said, hey, listen, you know cut that stuff out 
please. Yeah, yeah but know. Eric says that's why he didn't want Catherine McPhee going in there because yeah. you know, Howard make her cry. Yeah. And now Eric makes us cry. Yep, every day. Ack, ack. <laughs> All right. So thank you for letting uh, indulging us. Go listen to uh, Final Wrestling Place from this past week uh, to hear the boys, Ed, uh, Tim, and Marcus's lists as well. I thought it was a fun bit, segment, what have you. Uh, but we got more phone calls, Ed. Okay. Next call. Hey, this message is for uh, Joe to discuss with my piece of shit son, Ed. <gasps> Whoa! So, uh, I got to tell you something. This is uh, Jay Welsh, world famous. Internationally known, uh, award-winning <laughs> musician. Um, Ed, I, uh, I always want to call. You haven't called your dad lately. and uh, I don't want to call you. I don't want to be dad. I'm, I'm your father, and you have not called me. And, um, you know, I came out to Cleveland for the AIW show. Yeah. You kind of just uh, ignored me. So, he was uh, so drunk. Not too thrilled about that. So I want to talk about my real son. Uh, he's got some real things going on, I think. Uh, Alexander Hammerstone uh, has requested his release from MLW. Would love to see him in AEW. Would love to even see him at AIW. I think he could have a great run. John Thorne, listen to me. Listen to me now. Get this. Hammerstone and Shane Mercer, the Iron Demon. You can call it like Hammer and Iron or something. Yeah. And they will fuck everyone up. That's a bad idea. Billy Marino, I love you, but these guys, they're, they're, they're monsters. So, uh, you know, I know my, my good friend Pat's there. I'm going to pump this. Uh, uh, November 11th, uh, the world-famous uh, Jagaloons are playing with uh, Cleveland's own Ungao at uh, the Happy Dog. So if you're not there, Ed, uh, my son, uh, my flesh and blood, I'll disown you again, and I will uh, probably just beat the shit out of you physically, <laughs> sort of mentally and verbally with my words. Uh, so Hammerstone, guys, I love him. He's a big goon. He's a big dumb animal. Love to see the... Um, <laughs> The Dynasty back together in AEW, Richard Holiday, MJF, Hammerstone would be great. Don't like the MJF face thing. Want to be a real piece of shit again. So, uh, fuck it. Go to hell. See you in hell, Ed. Everybody else, I love you. <laughs> he was so drunk at AIW. I had my Hayabusa bag. Yeah. And he, like, looks at it all disgusted. He's like, what, are you carrying around a fucking Squidward purse? <laughs> I was like, What? He's like, fucking Squidward purse over there. I was like, the Tayabusa. And then he like squints his eyes a little. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, but when I saw that Wealth called in, I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know, the big guns are coming out, yeah. right? I just so, put it in my calendar, the November 11th, going to see the Jags at Happy Dog so I don't get my ass kicked. Yeah. Uh, but I say Hammer... And again, no, not a knock on Shane Mercer, but yeah, whatever. Um... You do you do your Hammerstone versus JB match. Yeah. You you pop the town one time. You, you know, Hammerstone gets to do his indie tour where he gets to put over, like, the local whatevers. And, and again, everyone's saying it, but, like, Richard Holiday, Alex Hammerstone in AEW with MJF. I don't know. Like, let's counteract some of, like, the olds that we're, we're, we're hiring and bringing out and so on and so forth. That's I would love it. Uh, yeah. My main problem with AEW is no, I don't watch it. But <laughs> when I see it, it's like a lot of old people. Yeah, I want no, try new stuff. Yeah. It, seemed, it seemed to be better. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. When they would make their own people stars instead of bringing in old men, right? Yeah, I like that better. 
Yeah, I liked I liked that too. You know, and I know everyone like, and I'm biased, of course. And you could argue whether or not Eddie Kingston is a star, but like you can't argue that Orange Cassidy is not a star. Correct. And that's like somebody that they made. Um, that was a character that he was kicking around in the Indies for a bit. And you know, like I, I'd say, like Danhausen kind of made himself mm-hmm. uh, on the Indies. But I really think that AEW national television exposure is like kind of really helped him as well. Um, but like after that, like, I guess you could say they made Britt Baker. Sure. Okay. Um, and I'm just trying to think who else like, but the pro so another problem is, is there's too many people on the roster, whatever, but people get hurt all the time. And that's, you know, and we live in a different world where people just like disappear from TV after they were in the middle of like some sort of program or they just came off like a win streak or whatever it was. And then they're off TV. And then we find out like three or four months later, it's like, Oh yeah, they were injured. Well, people getting injured all the time. That's what's going to happen when you put someone that thinks they're the greatest of all time in the ring with the actual greatest of all time, you know, Okada fuck you up. I was going to say Okada didn't wrestle Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) That's now on my bucket list of double J matches. I thought we had the last one with Eddie Kingston. Now we need Double J versus Okada. Wrestle Kingdom main event. Yeah, for sure. Double J is the one who brought New Japan to North America, revitalized it, repopularized it, former Bullet Club member. When he says that, how does he sleep at night? What do you mean? On a pile of money with his beautiful (laughs) wife. That's how he does it. Anyway. Um, so the only last thing I'll say about AEW here, uh, is I can't believe that, um, AEW announced their recent hire, you know, signed him to the multi-year contract. Yeah. Repugnant. The greasy, oily hair, the shitty shark skin, sparkly jackets, the energy drink. But I guess if they're going to hire Stan Malibu, it's the best they could do, right? (laughs) Does Stan Malibu's drink have mushrooms in it? Um, no. <laughs> mushrooms. Mushroom infused, Ed. Thanks. Mushroom infused. What a fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that Jerry texted that to me before we started recording, and I told him I was going to steal that joke. Dude, why would you make Ric Flair the face of anything you have to consume? Because I would be like, oh, I don't want to look like that. <laughs> I'm drinking this shit. <laughs> I. So when he did the tour of the food lions, is that the gross? What's the grocery store by you that he did like Kroger, right? No, it was, it was, it was he did meet and greets in like the produce aisle on a Tuesday. Yeah, TSJ went. I thought it was a Kroger. Dude, TSJ went. Derek went. Wes <laughs> went. <laughs> like everybody fucking went, right? And like you're gonna sit there and say like, why would they put Ric Flair's thing on there? It's like. Because at a Tuesday at a fucking food lion in the produce section, the guy's still a draw, you know? Dude. I hope none of them are listening because I just want to say, like, I don't get waiting in line to meet a person just because they have a cooler job than you. That's a wild thing to do. That's never connected in my brain ever. I don't get it. I don't get these people. Didn't you wait in line to meet the boogeyman? Get your picture taken with the boogeyman? If we want to be technical about it, no, not at all. I did not wait in line. I was right by that table after intermission. I just happened to be first. Like, no, I didn't wait at all. 
I waited in line to meet Spider-Man when I was on vacation. <laughs> well, that's different. That's different. <laughs> it's Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Spider-Man never made anybody look at his dick. They didn't want to. That's right. <laughs> that's true. He never uh, casually used the N-word. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For a good 30 plus years of his life. <laughs> but again. And, and listen, I, I'll be the first one to admit, I grew up liking Ric Flair. When he came out in Philly last week, they're live. I was on my feet. I was cheering. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, Ric Flair looks like shit. This is sad, <laughs> right? And, like, everyone was making the joke that he looks like the Crypt Keeper. But there's already a wrestler out there that he looks like, and that's Hollywood Chuck Hogan. <laughs> They could have just got Hollywood Chuck Hogan and said it was Ric Flair and nobody would have known anything, right? Yeah. Man, I'm real worried that Max Landis is going to listen to this podcast and then now have new ideas for a Spider-Man comic. Well, I would say you could tag Max Landis. Yeah. But I don't think he's allowed on social media. At least, like, I don't know, Adam puts this up on Instagram, I think. I don't know. Listen, I don't, I've heard, I, I don't know this personally. I just I have heard He's still very active on Instagram, uh-huh. but he's private. But if you request to follow him, he will let you follow him. I won't be doing that. No, <laughs> no. Does Red Letter Media still have the the multiple videos that they did with Max Landis up on their YouTube channel? Yes. Okay. But they've also made jokes. Like I think Mike made a joke one time about. Uh, I don't remember what the context was, but the punchline was, I don't know, or maybe you'd be some idiot with rainbow fucking hair. Yeah. Yeah. So they seem not to like him. <laughs> Probably because they hung out with him. Yeah. <laughs> I guess is what happened. They really liked him until they were <laughs> in a room with him. <laughs> They're like, this guy's fucking annoying. He doesn't shut yeah. up. <laughs> But that's the thing, like, if I bumped into Max, like, I had that interaction with Max Landis online. Yeah. And he got a pass for a long time, because I was shitting on the Superman video, right? Yeah. And he tweeted at me, and then we kind of had, like, a back and forth with it. He said, my dad spent a lot of money on this. Well, no, he, like, <laughs> he, he made some good points, and he kind of, like, he's like, well, listen, I get where you're coming from with it, but here's where I'm coming from with it. Like, he could have just, like, Ronnie Radkid me and be like, fuck you, right? Yeah. But he didn't. You know, like, who the fuck was I? Like, I didn't tag him in it or nothing like that, but it was, like, when the video, like, was really hitting, the Superman one. And then when he did the, like, I love Triple H one, this is my resume yeah. for job at WWE, I'm just like, no, I don't like this, but I'm not going to say anything because we had that one nice interaction before, and I don't want to fuck that up. Yeah. And now when he got, like, ultra mega canceled and posing as his own girlfriend on the WrestleCrap forums. like on the WrestleCrap forums? On the rest, like, of all places, the right? The rules. Like, not the Observer boards, not even, like, Death Valley Driver boards. Imagine the world we live in where he's posting as his own girlfriend on the Death Valley Driver boards, and he strikes up a friendship with Tony Khan pre-AEW. Oh, God. That imagine rules. that world. That okay. Like, imagine that AEW. Imagine... That AEW, where that is all that all happens, right? But he strikes up a friendship with the Max Landis fake girlfriend account. Okay. And now Max Landis has to figure out (laughs) 
<laughs> Max, are you listening? This is a script, buddy. <laughs> he has to figure out who plays the girlfriend in real life. Yeah, man. And like I don't. She, I have to stop myself from saying it all the time where I'm always just be like, I love Max Landis because then it makes it sound like I'm a genuine fan of Max Landis when like you love the idea and that he exists. He's so funny and he's not trying to be and it's the funniest shit. And he still thinks he has a Hollywood career. Yeah. When he's doing a one man show that's like a three (laughs) and a half hour long version of like a rejected Superman script. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you got to respect the hustle, I guess, right? He's so funny. Oh, he's a piece of work. All right, we do have a couple more calls. Okay. This is how this show goes. Hey, Joe and Ed. This is J-Pop. First time, hey. uh, short time listener. With the announcement of signing Rick Flair, I feel it's time for Tony to make a signing for a man that could really manage a target. I feel he needs to bring in the franchise Shane Douglas. Uh, yeah, maybe not to wrestle. Maybe he's, you know he's been washed since 1995. But I don't know, it'd be kind of fun. Have him on TV. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Long time. <laughs> Thank you, Shane Douglas. I'd say Shane Douglas wasn't washed until like 98. <laughs> I think his 95 and 90, like his 95 was okay. His 96 was really good. And then like he was super hurt in 97, but he had to push himself to do the pay-per-view in his hometown. And then he like fucked himself up real bad. And then it was like, he was like a shell of himself, but like he still wrestles today. That's when he wore the robot arm all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, did you see that thing that was going around, like the Wade Keller um, posted thing where he took uh, suggestions from the listeners about what Tony Khan should do to fix AEW? No. And there were people like, first of all, and like and the people were putting their names to it, right? There's one thing to send a tweet <laughs> out, right? And yeah. like your name is like Bumblefuck Charlie or whatever it is. Like, I have no idea who you are. But, like, you're a subscriber to The Torch, you wrote an email, you sent it in, and, like, your name and the city and state that you live in is attached to, like, your idea of Tony Khan needs to fire the terrible trio, in parentheses, Kenny and the Young Bucks. (laughs) They've done nothing for them, and calls them the terrible trio, right? Um, uh, they need to hire someone who has a history of putting on wrestling and booking successful wrestling territories. And I know Jim Cornette's on the outs, but what about some of his right-hand man, like Dutch Mantel or Kenny Bolin? Okay. And then there was another guy who said that to help script and agent promos and backstage segments, Tony Khan should hire Raven. What? And he's like, yeah, you know, Raven may not have the same respect uh, that he had back in the day, but these up-and-comers should respect him for his body of work. He's a no-nonsense, genius-level IQ, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, your name is attached to this. And, like, you're not doing this as a bit. I can tell. Like, you're deadly serious that Tony Khan needs to fire the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, get Dutch Mantel, like, 
super racist, Kenny Boland, who broke up a year-long friendship, like, a decades-long friendship with Jim Cornette over, like, them fighting over AEW, and then immediately went to become best friends with Vince Russo. (laughs) And Raven, (laughs) and listen, nobody loves Raven more than me, right? But somebody told me the other day that Raven died in 2005. Because this other guy that they replaced him with, the second Mm -hmm. Raven... Yeah. All the the, oh, and the person who wrote about Raven cited Raven's wrestler rescue as like an example of his good ideas. That thing Raven did is a bit. (laughs) And I I may have screen capped that. I may have screen capped that and sent that to words and said, Was this you? Did I find out your real name? (laughs) And he went off like he's like, he doesn't swear. But he's like, that was the laziest thing ever. All he did was like He's like, he told one guy to be a Dracula and call him Dr. Acula. And he told another guy to be David Bowie. And he goes, you know what the brilliant idea name that he came up for the David Bowie guy was? Ziggy Stardust. The name that David Bowie had already named the character. You know? And then we were going back and forth and we were trying to figure out if there was ever an idea or gimmick that Raven got on TV that wasn't just to pop himself. And as a lifelong Raven fan, I couldn't think of one. No. No. Yeah, right. all his ideas are just a problem. The Musketeer. Right. The Musketeer. The Blue Meanie. The <laughs> yeah. Dudleys. Um, you know, Stevie wearing the... Oh, you know what? Stevie wearing the half shirt and the Daisy Dukes. You don't think that was to pop himself? That was absolutely to pop himself, but it got over. Yeah, well, so... Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. Like, like, like that was the look that Stevie w- wears to, like, to this day when he does wrestling, right? Raven. Yeah. Raven, the boss. You know what I would do if I was Tony Khan? All right. Uh, I'd just hire Man Man Pondo. Yeah? Yeah. You know, um, Pondo can't walk around the ring anymore without holding the top rope like late stage Andre. It's awesome. I, I say just go crazy. You already have the contracts. I would have a lawyer look over these things and just turn AEW into like the most graphic hardcore deathmatch promotion of all time. Yeah. Yeah. That and just cool. be like, fuck it. Let's go. Right. Let's see what happens. And like the people that want their fancy wrestling, you got ring of honor, you know, you want your holds and your flips. Uh, you know, it's over there. But just put, like, AEW Dynamite is, like, every match. Like, this week, every match is no rope barbed wire. Explode a ring. <laughs> Live. Let's do it. You know? Unannounced. Pac, Pac versus uh, Will Hobbs. No rope barbed wire. Right. I'd just love throw, that. throw people out there. Let's see what happens. Take some chances. We're in year four, you know? <laughs> and I always love the people who's like, if we look at from the start of Nitro, four years into this moment... You know, Eric Bischoff was, like, getting ready to be fired. He was doing this and doing that. I'm like, you can't compare, like, 25 years ago to today. Everything is different. All you can really compare AEW to is itself. And, you know, I don't know. I don't think AEW is as bad as everyone says it is. But I definitely think that a lot of people were hoping it to be their promotion. Yeah. Whether they were emotionally invested in the Young Bucks or Kenny or in later years invested in Phil, 
and the Phil thing ends up dividing their audience, and Tony has done nothing to repair that divide, and I think that's the real problem. There's only one solution. Bring Phil back. Oh. Versus Madman Pondo. Oh, oh, yeah, CM Punk versus Madman Pondo, Wembley Stadium next year. 70,000 people uh, on the undercard with MJF doing kangaroo kicks against... Yeah, yeah. against people that he really hates. Yeah. I don't mind that. Whatever. You know, if The Rock does the people's elbow to people that he really hates, then yeah. Max can do his kangaroo kick to people he really hates. Listen, if you're asking me if I genuinely care, I don't. I just really like making fun of Max. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Because I don't uh, watch the show. I don't have any skin in this game. You know what I mean? I, I just think it's silly. I hear uh, because of something that Max is doing these days that you might be coming around on him. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. That back knee was wild, yeah. Dude, it was like <laughs> that it was, was ri- it was ridiculous. He looked that like was test. TNA test, yeah, yeah, that was TNA yeah. test. That's exactly yeah. where I was going. <laughs> yeah, Max's heart is gonna explode. <laughs> uh, he's still young, and I think he's like he lives clean, you know. Um, I think he, him and Taz enjoy an occasional stogie, as uh, cool dudes do. See, that's another reason you need a pondo. None of these kids have drug addictions. Yeah. What are we doing? This ain't the wrestling we grew up on, Joe. No, it's not. People are going to live and make money. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We do have one last call. Uh, Yes, hello. Uh, Hello, everyone. This message is Brad. I'm sorry it's kind of loud. We are at the uh, professional Juggalo recital. Um, I just called in to say hello. Hope everyone has a good show. Um, I gotta keep it brief. They're starting the music. Um, uh, weekly purchases. I uh, just bought a Nickel Ultra. Hopefully, I'll buy more of them. Uh, yeah, I just called in to say hello. Uh, I don't know why I called. Dad told me to. All right, love you guys. Bye. What did he say that he bought? I don't know. Probably a car thing. I would guess. Okay, it's not like an MK Ultra, which I know he did not buy. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. This is the part where like we do plugs and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Soon to be named network.com go there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in Adam's call with like who gets picks and the gender neutral monarch of at odds, he mentioned all the shows there too. Right. Yeah. Um, is there, I don't think there's a T public sale. No, we can go to our eBay affiliate link thing. I don't know. Do people still buy shit off eBay? Um, I did twice oh. this week. Oh, we should be using our link, right? Oh, yeah, I definitely did that. All right. I'd rather use the uh, Longbox Heroes one, but whatever. <laughs> you use whatever one you want. Um, but speaking of buying stuff, it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. <gasps> Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot, but I'm the $100 Vansky, and your figures will be bought. <laughs> I want I to pull that up. I, I want to pull that up because that's the show image this week. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Adam was trying to get me to like, he's like, he goes, do you have a better, different picture of yourself that we could use for this? So I send him one 
And he's like, no, it needs to be like more front facing. Like you need to look directly at the camera. And I'm like, I'm fat. And I have like, if I look directly at the camera, you could see all my chins, even through my beard. <laughs> and then I'm like, I, I go, I'm in my head. And like, I sent him like four selfies, which is like more selfies than I've ever done in my entire life. And he's like, yeah, we'll just use an old picture. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> a fantastic bit. Yeah. All right. So, hey, Ed, did you buy anything this week? I did. All right. Um, we'll start with uh, what I just uh, bought today. Uh, so I told everybody in the Discord like maybe a week or two ago that I'm stuck in this one gym on Pokemon on my Switch. And it's pissing me off, and I don't really like to like grind and work on things, so I just kind of want to play a different game now. Oh. And people gave me suggestions, and I think this was one of the suggestions, but I got Owlboy. Yeah, oh, it's a downloadable one, right? No, this is a physical copy, but it's only, oh, like, okay. it's only like 15 bucks. <laughs> oh, okay, because I know I got I have that one digitally. That's a fun one. Oh, yeah, I'm having a good time with it. I played it for like an hour today. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. Um, and again, I don't know if you like old games. Yeah. But the Switch does a lot of those old games and stuff, or they do games that feel like old games. Yeah. Um, did you ever play like, um, let me think. Castlevania 2, Legend of Zelda, games like that, or is that like I loved Simon's Quest when I was little. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard of the game Shovel Knight? Yeah. Yeah, Shovel Knight rules. Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight, I that's a game that I have. We have it on the Xbox. We have it on the PC and we have it on the Switch. Like every time it comes out, I'm like, oh, I gotta buy it again, right? For what, what the new system is. So, um, but what I usually do is like whenever like a game like that comes out, I always put it on my wish list. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when it goes on sale, they'll you know they send you the message and it'll be like a twenty dollar game and it's on sale this week for like three bucks. Um, I've heard really good things this week too about uh, Super Mario Wonder. Yeah, my kid got it. And it's really good. It's fun. It's an old school Mario game, but it's like it's like it's as difficult as you want it to be. Yeah. You know, I, I saw there was like some bad faith articles out there. People complaining that if you play as like Nabbit or the Yoshis, the game's too easy. <laughs> but those children's game. OK, first of all, it's a children's game. Second of all, those characters specifically on the loading screen for the game say that these characters cannot use power-ups, but they also don't take damage and don't fall down holes. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, like, those are the characters that you give, like, your five-year-old nephew to play while you're trying to, like, do real things on the, sh- on the game. Yeah. And he could just, like, fuck around as a Yoshi while you're doing yeah. a thing, right? That's perfect. But there was, like... Polygon and IGN put out like bad faith articles about like just trying to take the piss out of a Mario game. What? Okay, what? I know, Why? I know. You I run sideways and jump on people. It's Mario. I know. Um, but yeah, it, but it's real cheap too. Like it just came out like a week or two ago, and I'm already seeing it on sale in a bunch of places for like forty bucks. I'm waiting for cheaper. Yeah, right. Wait till like Black Friday sales. There's gonna yeah. be like crazy Black Friday sales on it. Um, but yeah, Owlboy's real good. Um, trying to think what other ones that are on there. I know back in the day they did one, uh, they talked about it in the Red Letter Media, it's called Slay the Spire. Okay. It's a, it's like an action role-playing game, but also Magic the Gathering. If oh. You're, if you ever played Magic the Gathering. I've tried. I'm very yeah. dumb. <laughs> so, it's hard. It was really hard for me. Okay. 
that's a um, fun one. Uh, there's another one called like Rogue Knight. Yeah. Um, where you just like random, like you just you just keep playing, and then as you die, every time that you come back, your character is like a little bit different, and like the storyline of the game is like you're the ancestor of the character that you played, but like who cares about the storyline of it? But it's like a never-ending like loop of a castle. And oh. every time that your character comes back, like it's a little bit different. Like maybe your character's taller, or maybe your character's a woman now, or maybe the game is in black and white because your character's thing is that he's colorblind. It's like little weird things like that. Okay. Or Rogue Legacy is what it's called. My apologies. Uh, and that's out for like Switch and everything else like that. You could probably get that one super cheap. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that are good. But anyway, so Owl Knight, really, or um, Owl Boy, good game. Yeah. Yeah. And I bought uh, I bought two books off eBay because I found out that you can buy used books for like dirt cheap on there. Right. So for like four dollars total, I got um, a Confederacy of Dunces. Okay. Um, because I've heard Artie Lane talk about it a lot. I was going to say the same thing. Um, and I bought uh, the Late Shift, the book about Leno and Letterman. Yes. Did you ever see the um, dramatization of that? That was on. No, but I saw that it, that exists. So I'm gonna yeah. after I read the book, I'm gonna uh, buy that because they have it for like really cheap on Blu-ray. Uh, it's it's good, but like obviously the book is better. Yeah. The guys that they get to play Leno and Letterman are like really glaringly like central like. They were not hired for their acting ability, but they were hired because they look like David Letterman and Jay Leno. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not really good actors, but the material's <laughs> really good, you know? They should have got Evil Dave to dub it. They should have got Evil. Oh. Would ye? Evil Dave. All of the. Anyway. <laughs> uh, did you buy anything else this week? Nope. That's it. All right. So uh, I bought practical things this week. Okay. Um, I had to buy new. Sh- I had to, I ran out of shampoo, so I had to buy shampoo. Okay. Uh, my wife buys fancy shampoo for herself. Yes. It's like twenty five dollars a bottle. Just, yes. And I buy like the giant economy size suave tub. So jealous. That's like five dollars. <laughs> What's that I, like? It's awesome. Ugh. Um, and and the last couple times I had like, so I don't care what I smell like. Mm-hmm. I usually have to like buy it with my wife so she can smell it because if it's a scent that like doesn't whatever yeah um like it's like oh that gives me a headache or like I could smell like it's too chemically or whatever like I don't give a fuck what I smell like but she cares what I smell like so I'm like you pick out what the scent is and I'll just spend my five dollars once every five months to buy a new tub of <laughs> you know shampoo um on vacation uh we talk i talk about this more on uh long box heroes and long box heroes after dark when i was on vacation we did a lot of walking around like yeah as a fat guy i was getting like twenty one thousand steps a day which is a lot for me and because i'm a fat guy my my thighs rub together and it put holes in my underwears <laughs> and, and i had to get some new underwears this week <laughs> Um, it was a, it was a, it was a purchase of necessity. Yeah. But it was saved by Adam. I had my eye out for this. Now I know we talked last week on the show that Adam had purchased for me when it was on sale, the dusty roads, Funko pop. Okay. And, uh, I think he, he, I don't know if he had tagged you, but it was a couple of weeks ago when Amazon was having a sale where both the dusty roads and dude love Funko pops 
No, I was not Dale? tagged. I okay. Was, and if I was, I, I didn't get it because the sap is trash. Right. Um, they were on sale for five bucks. Oh. Right. And he's like, you love Dusty Rhodes. You love Dude Love. Five bucks. Why are you not buying these? I'm like, because I don't need them. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have the Funko Pops I want. Like, I like Dusty Rhodes. I like Dude Love. I don't need these. Correct. So, Adam, t- and I'm like, I'm done with Funko Pops. I don't need any more. So, Adam took it upon himself to buy me the Dusty Rhodes one for five bucks, which was very nice of him. And I put it with my other Funko, wrestling Funko Pops that I have. Um, but there was another, like, it was one of those things where, like, I'm done with Funko Pops until I see the one that I know that I need. Yeah. And um, it was a New York Comic Con Target shared exclusive. It was a glow-in-the-dark Toxic Avenger Funko Pop. Oh. Yeah. And uh, uh, Todd missed it when he was at New York. Uh, The Target website was, like, saying that it was available, but when you would add it to your cart, it would say that it sold out. And then when Adam was out on a dull safari today, he saw one. He picked one up. He sent me a message. He's like, you want it? I go, yep. I sent him the money. And I'm getting a Toxic Avenger glow-in-the-dark Funko Pop. And he's going to go on the shelf with my glow-in-the-dark Immortal Hulk uh, Funko Pop, which is, like, oversized. The only thing I don't like about when they do the Marvel character one, like, there's some weird deal that they have with Marvel where any Marvel Funko Pop has to be a bobblehead. Oh. Like, if you get any other property, it's just, like, a normal Funko Pop. But for some reason, the Marvel ones are all bobbleheads, and I hate it. And there's a bunch of cool ones that I would have got, but I'm like, I don't want a fucking bobblehead. But they have this giant oversized Hulk one that glows in the dark. And I'm like, I need a glow in the dark Hulk bobblehead. Fuck it. You know, who needs a bobblehead? I don't want a bobblehead, but it was a, it was like a fun co-pop. But it was the Hulk from like this specific storyline that I really okay. liked. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's the only way it's going to be made is a bobblehead. Yes. Yeah. So I had no choice. Uh, but that was it. That was my purchases this week. Did you purchase anything else? Uh, just, just, uh, you know, groceries. <laughs> right. See, I, you know, we don't I'm going to not like, I spent so much money at that for that Halloween stuff last weekend that I, now I'm in money saving mode. Mm. And then Saturday I might, I might go to Yumacon and that, um, normally isn't a big deal. Like that doesn't cost me. If I'm going in for one day for a convention, it doesn't cost me a lot of money. Cause I'm not a stuff person. But they have a giant dealer's room, and they have um, a stand every year for this T-shirt company. Uh, I think it's called Robot. It's called something zero. Okay, I'll I'll buy shirts. Like I I I don't. That doesn't like if I'm gonna wear it. It seems like it has a purpose. Like I can't buy a plastic thing that'll sit there. But like I can yeah. buy a shirt, so that'll worry me. What is Yumacon? Yumacon is like a giant anime convention in Detroit. Okay. But it gets worse and worse every year. Um, like, after COVID, it's been trash. It's just been terrible every year. Like, uh, this is the one, if you remember, on Pave Dan that I went to where I lost my ID. Yes! Okay. Yeah, and then I found it literally at 3 a.m., like, Sunday morning, just waiting for, like, y- yeah. And you couldn't drink because you didn't have your ID. do anything, yep. Yeah. Do a damn thing. Couldn't go to 18 Plus panels. Couldn't do anything at all. So this is that convention. And Detroit's a haul from even, you know, from where you are, right? It's a couple hours. Luckily, where I live in this piece of shit uh, area, I'm literally like two hours from Detroit 
I'm an hour and a half from Cleveland, and I'm an hour and a half from Columbus. Oh, well, that's cool. So I'm, I'm pretty centrally located to every. Like, I have to drive to everywhere, but I'm not too far from everywhere. That's not bad. Yeah. And then you got to save up money for the 11th anyway to go see uh, the Jagaloons. I yeah, because that's gonna be a uh, that's probably a pricey ticket. Right. <laughs> the Jags a happy dog. Oh, I haven't been to a concert in forever. I uh, half-ass skipped one tonight. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had tickets to go see the Hotelier and Foxing that I bought. Oh, you and, blew it up for me. Yeah, and also because I just didn't feel like driving to Columbus, and I knew oh. that Monday. So like, I, Monday I told my friends it's going with. So I was like, I have this ticket, and if somebody wants it that wants to go, they they can have it. And yeah, somebody's like, I'll take it. So very good. There we go. All right. Oh, well, thank you very much for, uh, you know, I know you said you knew you weren't going, but yeah. Uh, so it's a that, band like I kind of liked, you know what oh, I mean? I bought yeah. it because everybody else was going. Right. I don't like music. So, you know, if, <laughs> if a pot, if a podcaster that I listen to, like, if no, you like one of the only bands I still have to see live. Foo Fighters. Yep. Uh, kicking around like we, we had bought tickets last year for Philly, mm-hmm. and they canceled the tour because Taylor Hawkins passed away. Yeah. And then over the summer, they did, like, some sort of crazy – like, they were part of a crazy festival in New Jersey, and lawn seats were, like, $150. And I got to see what the finances look like, but they're play- – you know, they're redoing the show in Philly – and we didn't get like they didn't do like a rain check on the tickets. They just refunded our money because obviously like, a guy died, and we're like, we don't know if they're going to reschedule the show, so you're just getting your money back. Yeah. Um, but we got to see what like the situation looks like, the finance and everything else like that. Like, I would love to go see the Foo Fighters again at a giant like you know the whatever the fucking it's Vet Stadium, whatever it is in Philly. Yeah. Again. Um, and I think it'd be cool, like a cool experience for my kid. Um, whether he knows Foo Fighters or not. Like, my kid's not into music either. Like, he picks up, like, the music that me and my wife listen to, which is, like, the Foo Fighters. And my wife listens to, like, especially, like, we just passed Halloween. So she was, like, in Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack mode, right? Okay. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't, like, my kid's just, he was, like, and again, he was a kid. He was into Imagine Dragons for a while, but, like, that's come and gone, you know? Yeah. Um,. You know, kids aren't into shit these days, you know? Yeah, they're in the skibbity toilets and stuff. I, so, <laughs> I see people talk about that. Yeah. And I'm so lucky, like, I, I think my kid might be just old enough that I don't know what that is. I don't think it's as annoying as everybody acts like it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I see I don't want to know. I see it. I get it. Um... So the one last thing I'm going to ask Ed about, and we'll wrap this up. I'll let Ed, Ed get to bed, and you know it'll be another giant jam-packed show. <sighs> there was some documentary mm-hmm. about some fallen from grace YouTuber that's making the rounds, and he's got like four numbers in his name. Was it Boogie? Boogie. Yeah, I know nothing about this person. Okay. Should I watch that documentary? Yeah. Okay. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's interesting enough. All right. I don't know nothing about him. And who was the one you were um, tweeting about that you could take in a fight after the Boys in the Stinks? Oh, Linkara. I'd be. I could beat the shit out of Linkara. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Blancara. Oh. I say I don't know who that is either. You know, he is. Uh, he makes comic comic does comic book reviews. Okay, but he's really like up his own ass, and it's really annoying. And like I said, like he'll talk shit about like he started on the Nostalgia Critics channel, but now like he'll talk about like how the Nostalgia Critic isn't funny and, and is, is awful. And it's like, well, Lewis, you're not funny, and all. like they make the exact same quality of content. It's very weird. Uh, but mostly it just comes down to like Lewis can't take a joke about himself and gets very upset. And I oh. like that. Oh, is this the guy who wants to fuck the green M&M? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. They found his old, uh, his old erotic fan fiction. He wrote, and he wrote a story about the green M&M. He wrote one about, or I don't know if he wrote them or like had them in his favorites. One was about like a Muppet gangbang. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Lewis, the Linkara. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound crazy, Joe. This might sound familiar. All right. All right. He first gained infamy for writing a comic <laughs> that was awful dialogue, one of the worst drawn pieces of shit you'll ever see, and at the end of it, he becomes the main character of it. All right. <laughs> this seems like a path that many of these YouTubers <laughs> take. It seems like uh, it's it's Linkara is Chris Chan, but a little more normal of a human being. <laughs> But it's even like not even that because Chris Chan could take jokes about like specifically there's these people Oni plays that do a really good Linkara impression. And it drives Linkara insane. But like they also do a Chris Chan one and Chris Chan's like talked about she loves it. She thinks it's very funny that they mock her and do her voice and like say weird shit. So with uh, Christine out of jail. Yeah. Are we are you back in? Uh, Yeah, because I've also heard. um now see less people are listening so now i'll talk about it <laughs> um i heard christine's explanation for anything that happened and speaking chris chan uh knowing the story i don't think chris did anything okay yeah i think chris can't admit that chris didn't do anything though because admitting that they didn't do anything and how they can prove it would also be they had she would have to admit that she knows the whole goddess thing and everything's a, a larp Okay. And isn't real. And she's not. She will never do that. So she'll just say that it didn't happen. And there's a definite way that's logically explains why it didn't happen. But it would also involve Christine being like, I lied and made it all up so I could keep a LARP going. <laughs> Which she is impossible. Like, it's, it's, that will never happen. <laughs> so I, I guess she's just back into doing what she was doing before. I think I'd saw someone popped up on one of the shows that I watch, like, yeah. Um, where they're like, Oh, let me go poke in. And maybe last week. And she was like drawing commissions or something. Yeah. She's doing the stuff before, but it seems a little more well-managed this time. Seems mm-hmm. like somebody is around here that is like figured out how to speak Christine. And also like, like we need you to get the sexy shop going. You need to, but like, it's like, it's, di- it seems different. It seems more professional this time. Is that better? Is that worse? Um, it, I guess it depends if you think Christian's an absolutely evil person. If you don't think Christian's, it's definitely better. Like, like they have a, seem to have a better grasp on like she eats healthier now, and it's okay. like, and it's like, yeah, she just seems to be in a better place while also still just bad shit, fucking insane. So, but I, but I also don't think Chris is. In, I don't think she's insane. I think she knows this is all a LARP. 
just will never admit it. I, I definitely think because I, I saw some of the return video. Yeah. Um, like the the explanation video where yeah. she was calling Barb a Snorlax. Yeah. In the video. Yeah. Well, Chris like, that hates Barb now. Yeah. I right. do believe well, I figured. That. Yeah. Um. So, but haven't we been here before with Christine, where there's a person that gets in Christine's circle? Yeah. And it's helping them. Yeah. And it's guiding them on a path only to like swerve them or something. Yeah. Is this time maybe different? Maybe different. Maybe not. It's hard telling. You never really know. Um, It seems. Seems that this person is doing it for uh, good reasons. But at the same time, the rumors of this person started talking to Chris when she was in jail. Okay. So you never know just because of that alone. Do people know who this person is? I mean, they. We've, I've seen pictures and stuff, but nobody's. No, nobody knows. Like they don't have an online presence. No, they don't know a name. They don't no. know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know because I I I did enjoy watching those uh, Gino, Gino Samuel videos, like the history stuff. Yeah. Um. But obviously, once it got to like that certain point where it was like more recent stuff and it was more of the dimensional merge stuff. And then the allegations that Barb came out and it was just very weird to watch those videos anymore. Yeah, I get it. And, yeah. the, and also before the Barb stuff, the dimensional merge shit is boring. Yeah. Super boring. It's really, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about it. So. All right. You haven't bought a sauna chew metal, have you? No. Uh, I'm waiting to be gifted one of those. That's what oh, I want. Gotcha. So instead of an engagement ring, if I ever get married, I want a sign a true medallion. <laughs> I said that 2023 is the year where I said, fuck it. I don't want to do a wrestling panel for conventions this year. I want to see if I, they'll let me do a Christian panel. But they might consider it bullying and turn it down every time. So I think you could do it if you do it as informational. Yeah, but they would have to trust me to do that. That's I think they see the words Chris Chan and are like, oh, no. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Like I know I could do it. I right. know I I know I could do that and not make it a like a bullying thing and everything. I don't know if they would trust me to. Right. They don't know you. I think yep. you would probably have to present something to them ahead of time of like yeah. this is what I'm going to do. Because I want to get it hammered in there and ready for uh Colossal Con in Virginia in twenty twenty seven. Mm-hmm. When Chris shows up, <laughs> is that when uh, Colossal Con is going to uh, Virginia, twenty twenty seven? Yeah, I think it said twenty twenty six is when the new ones finished being built. So twenty twenty seven would be the first. Oh my goodness! One. You gotta you gotta let me know when registration opens up for the one that's in the Poconos. At, oh yeah, uh, for sure. Whatever, so we can send in our press credentials for sure. Yeah. You need to be more on top of that, and we'll close out here for real this time. Okay. You need, more, you need to be more on top of that when you know there's a convention coming up. Yeah. Um, that or like TNA. Next time TNA comes to town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Impact. I'm sorry, Impact. Um, to your area, Columbus or whatever, that you go and go do the press credential things, and get on that list, and get free tickets. That's it. You got to do it. 
I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try. All right. Especially for cons that I don't really care to go like one way or another on. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But yeah. if it's close and you can get in for free, then what the yep. hell, right? True. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. This is a, uh, I, we tried to make it as regular as a show as possible, but I do feel as though having add-on uh, makes it better than most. We'll get that Hayabusa <laughs> bump. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but hey, uh, this was episode two sixty-five of Add-ons with Wrestling. Uh, for Ed, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. Uh, be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.